Good evening and welcome to the August 2nd, 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Board of Appeals. President Rick Swig will be the presiding officer tonight and he is joined by Vice President Jose Lopez, Commissioner Alex Lumber, Commissioner John Trezvina and Commissioner J.R. Epler. Also present is Deputy City Attorney Jen Huber who will provide the board with any needed legal advice. At the controls is the board's legal assistant, Alec Longway, and I'm Julie Rosenberg, the board's executive director. We will also be joined by representatives from the city departments that will be presenting before the board this evening. Corey Teague, the zoning administrator representing the planning department, and Kevin Birmingham, acting chief building inspector with the Department of Building Inspection. Now the board meeting guidelines are as follows. The board requests that you turn off or silence all phones and other electronic devices so they will not disturb the proceedings. No eating or drinking in the hearing room. The board's rules of presentation are as follows. Appellants, permit holders, and department respondents each are given seven minutes to present their case and three minutes for rebuttal. People affiliated with these parties must include their comments within these seven or three minute periods. Members of the public who are not affiliated with the parties have up to three minutes each to address the board and no rebuttal. Time may be limited to two minutes if the agenda is long or if there are a large number of speakers. Mr. Longway, our legal assistant, will give you a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Four votes are required to grant an appeal or to modify a permit or determination. If you have questions about requesting a rehearing, the board rules or hearing schedules, please email board staff at boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now public access and participation are of paramount importance to the board. SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live and we will have the ability to receive public comment for each item on today's agenda. SFGov TV is also providing closed captioning for this meeting. To watch the hearing on TV, go to SFGov TV cable channel 78. Please note that it will be rebroadcast on Fridays at 4 p.m. on channel 26. A link to the live stream is found on the homepage of our website at sfgov.org forward slash BOA. Now public comment can be provided in three ways. One, in person. Two, via Zoom. Please go to our website and click on the Zoom link under hearings. Or three, by telephone. Call 1-669-900-6833 and enter webinar ID 841-7833-9387. And again, SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming the phone number and access instructions across the bottom of the screen if you're watching the live stream or broadcast. To block your phone number when calling in, first dial star 67, then the phone number. Listen for the public comment portion for your item to be called and dial star 9, which is the equivalent of raising your hand so that we know you want to speak. You will be brought into the hearing when it is your turn. You may have to dial star 6 to unmute yourself. You will have two to three minutes depending on the length of the agenda. Uh, the length of the agenda and the volume of speakers. Our legal assistant will provide you with a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Please note that there is a delay between the live proceedings and what is broadcast and live streamed on TV and the internet. Therefore, it's very important that people calling in reduce or turn off the volume on their TVs or computers, otherwise there is interference with the meeting. If any of the participants or attendees on Zoom need a disability accommodation or technical assistance, you can make a request in the chat function to Alec Longway, the board's legal assistant, or send an email to boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now the chat function cannot be used to provide public comment or opinions. Please note that we will take public comment first from those members of the public who are physically present in the hearing room. Now we will swear in or affirm all those who intend to testify. Please note that any member of the public may speak without taking an oath pursuant to their rights under the Sunshine Ordinance. If you intend to testify at any of tonight's proceedings and wish to have the board give your testimony evidentiary weight, raise your right hand and say I do after you've been sworn in or affirmed. Do you swear or affirm that the tes testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Okay, thank you. If you are a participant and you're not speaking, please put your Zoom speaker on mute. 
So commissioners, we do have one housekeeping item, the, the appellant for item number five, this is appeal number 23-031 at 1345 Ellis Street has requested that this matter be continued to September 6. The determination holder and buff has agreed to the, have agreed to this request. So we would need a motion and then I'll call for public Commissioner, comment. Can we have, Commissioner, can we have a motion from somebody please? Uh, I move to, uh, to continue item number five until our September 6th calendar. Okay, is there any public comment on this item? Please raise your hand. I don't see any public comment, so on that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trezvina? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries five to zero and the matter is continued to September 6. So we are now moving on to item number one, which is general public comment. This is an opportunity for anyone who'd like to speak on a matter within the board's jurisdiction, but that is not on tonight's calendar. And I do see one hand raised in Zoom. So the phone number ending in 5936. Please go ahead. And this is for an item. Eileen yes, please go ahead. Eileen Boken with Speak, following up on last week's hearing on 2700 Sloat across from the zoo. The appeal was based on a four tower design. However, the zoning administrator said the quiet part out loud. The lot size is too small for a four-tower design. Also, both the project sponsor and YIMB Law use CEQA as the rationale for the appeal, even though YIMB Law has been overtly hostile to CEQA for many years. Am I missing something here? In addition uh, to 2700 Slope, directly across the street is 2745th Avenue. This is the site of the United Irish Cultural Center also known as UICC. At the July 27th hearing at the Planning Commission, the UICC project was approved. One of the main concerns of the opponents was the creation of a special use district. Concerns were that if UICC project was designated as a special use district, that would set a precedent. After the public comment was closed, a commissioner asked staff if the UICC project would affect the 2700 slope deliberations or result in a precedent. Staff deflected and replied that the special use district was limited to the subject lot. Since there was no follow-up questions by any uh, commissioners, since the question of setting a precedent was not answered, this created the perception that it would create a precedent. And if 2700 Slope were to be de designated a special use district, uh, would this add another layer of complexity to an already controversial project? Another concern is that both project sponsors share the same law firm for land use issues. And finally, the conditional use authorization for the UICC project had a bulk exemption as well as floor area ratio and rear yard exemptions. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And President Swig, did you want to, I there see is, your name up? Yeah, is there, is there any pu other public comment? Yeah, I don't see any further public comment. One last call, please raise your hand. Okay. Okay, uh, on July 12th, uh, this board had some public comment from Mr. Joshua Clip um, related to the follow-up of, uh, the appropriate follow-up by the Department of Public Works on uh, a, a couple of um, 
the mandates that accompanied findings by this board in the past. Um, and I'm, I'm making this comment for the public's information and to call the, the uh, public's attention to Mr. Clip's letter and then what followed from DPW. That is the purpose or else this would be um, formally calendared for today. Um, so this is not a discussion for discussion. It is just a, a to, I, I want to make sure the public is aware of this, uh, this item. Um, uh, the, our sensitivity as a board is that uh, when this commission uh, has a finding and there are special circumstances attached to that finding uh, which require an action that we want to make sure that there is follow-up on those actions. This is anything, this, this is any action. This is not restricted to uh, the items in question. Uh, Mr. Cliff was concerned that uh, the, D the DPW did not follow up on these items and so um, in, a, in a diligent fashion this commission called this to the attention of DPW and, uh, and asked DPW to make a formal response which they did in the form of public comment and I want to call it to the public's attention that DPW uh, uh, created a document which is now available for the public to read in response to Mr. Clip's item and I'd also like to thank DPW for their uh, swift and thorough response uh, to Mr. Clip's letter. And that's it. Okay. Commissioner Trisvenia? Uh, th thank you for that update, President Swig. It's uh, good to know that the department has, has responded uh, and it's uh, available to, to, the, to the public. Uh, I want to inquire, if I could, about another letter that the board wrote uh, with regard to uh, a matter on treat. We wrote to Supervisor Ronan and various city agencies, and I'm wondering whether we have received any response. Uh, it's an ongoing item through many departments, and uh, and we did not ask for a response, uh, but it was an advisory that went out to just about every department in the city because everybody has a piece of that pie, and uh, we're, we are leaving it to uh, the supervisor's office to coordinate an effort with uh, their constituency to follow up on that item since it's out of our jurisdiction. Thank you very much. Thank you. We will now move on to item number two, commissioner comments and questions. Commissioners, comments, questions? Seeing none, let's move I, on. I, oh, sorry. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, one, I uh, have noticed an uptick in uh, public participation in Board of Appeals meetings lately, and I want to thank the general public for that. I think it contributes significantly to our decision-making process and also um, allows us to, uh, to really hear what's going on because often what's before us is only um, the papers that have been submitted and what people argue in front of us, but uh, public comment is a really excellent opportunity in any different type of case to uh, to hear what's often really at stake uh, in some of these appeals. So first I wanted to thank the general public, everyone here tonight and everyone here at future meetings for that. Um, second of all, I wanted to publicly assert um, an opinion, and this is just my opinion, uh, and that opinion is uh, uh, and I and I ask our uh, the, this board's leaders to consider this at minimum. 
uh, that I, I personally am not a big fan of limiting public comment to one minute. I think it is not enough time. Uh, I understand that it makes our jobs lengthier and more, and more challenging oftentimes, but uh, I read articles all the time about uh, various public bodies throughout California and elsewhere limiting comment, uh, public comment to one minute per speaker, and I don't like it. So uh, I, I, I think limiting it to two minutes, which is within the board's rules and uh, exertion is generally okay if it uh, is preventing a nine hour meeting, but um, uh, which it often does, but I just wanted to assert my, uh, my opinion on that and uh, uh, for consideration. Thank you. Duly noted and thank you for that comment. Very, very informative, very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any public comment on this item? Please raise your hand. I don't see any public. Okay, can you please approach the microphone? I'm sorry, can you please, we can't hear you. Comment takes treated off the agenda. I'm sorry, can you speak into the microphone? This is your time, it's not a question and answer time, it's time for you to give public comment. Um, well, it's, yeah, I think I think I can preempt this. Uh, there is a treat item on the agenda for today. You didn't take it no, off. No, 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 Good. no, it, no, it, no, not at all. That's no. going to be con what the tree item. Treat. 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 Okay, treat. sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, thank Ongoing. you. Ongoing. Thank you very much for that question. Thank you. Okay, so I don't see any public comment for item two, so we're going to move on to item number three, the adoption of the minutes. Commissioners, before you for discussion and possible adoption are the minutes of the July 26, 2023 meeting. And before the hearing, Commissioner Lemberg and Commissioner Trisvenia reached out to me with a correction. Under item eight, under public comment, Ryan Patterson should be listed as, as being in support of the appellant, not the zoning administrator. So thank you for that correction. Anything further? If, if, if there isn't, uh, I'll take a motion. If there is, make the I'll comment. Move, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll move the approval of the minutes with the amendment. Thank okay, you. thank you. Is there any public comment on this motion to adopt the minutes as amended? I don't see any. So on that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries five to zero, and the minutes are adopted. So we, as amended. Uh, we're moving on to item number four. This is appeal number 20-036 at 2861 to 2865 San Bruno Avenue. Yin Quan Tam Family Trust versus the Zoning Administrator. Um, appealing the issuance on April 30th, 2020 to Yin Quan Tam Family Trust of a notice of violation. The violations pertain to excessive demolition of an existing mixed use, two dwelling units over ground floor, commercial building, and unpermitted deviations to the approved architectural design. This is complaint number 2019-020031. And uh, this item has been continued several times and rescheduled a number of times. It's, it's never actually been heard, but uh, fortunately, the parties have come to an agreement and they would like the board to grant the appeal and issue the notice of violation on the condition it be revised to amend the timeline to respond. And they submitted proposed language which they would like the board to adopt. So, um, did any of the parties wanna speak on this? It's not necessary? Okay. Okay, please. 
Good evening, President Swig and Commissioners Ryan Patterson on behalf of the uh, property owners. I'll just say thank you to board staff and zoning administrator for working with us, trying very hard to get this resolved. Uh, though it is a three-dimensional puzzle, I'm glad to have at least resolved, hopefully, this part of it. Happy to answer any questions. Uh, I think the ZA would be happy to as well. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so is there, um, Commissioner Trisvina? Yeah, uh, uh, thank you, and I'm pleased to hear that the, there is a proposed agreement uh, for our consideration. I think it would help for the public, at least, for at least a two-sentence description of the department's position and what we're approving. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Corey Teague, Zoning Administrator for the Planning Department. Good evening, President Swig. Commissioners. Um, so just briefly, yeah, this has been a bit of an ordeal, but um, in 2019 and 2020, uh, two adjacent properties that were owned by the same owner were determined to be in violation for doing work beyond scope and creating unauthorized dwelling units. Um, that led to an extended process of kind of enforcement and working with the property owner. Um, the uh, city attorney took action. There was a settlement there. What that all led to was finally this year, the planning commission granted a conditional use authorization for to basically bring that entire property into a new legal state. And part of the conditions of approval had specific actions with specific timelines. And so um, what we're asking the board to do here is amend the notice of violation, not to overturn it, not to dispute that there was a violation, but just to update the timeline to respond section to be um, in sync and reference the conditional use authorization that was adopted. So that's all consistent. Can you summarize you. or paraphrase um, what the resolution uh, that was, what the, what the compromise was, or was there any compromise? Um, I don't know if compromise is a fair way to explain it. The, um, ultimately, what had happened is the, um, there was a total of six buildings. Collectively in these buildings, um, something on the range of uh, 19 unauthorized dwelling units had been created in a collective development that should have been 12 units. It was more. It was more uh, 31. The specific NOV today was for one of the buildings um, and what was ultimately a work beyond scope that was essentially work in an attempt to create unauthorized units and a, a de facto demo. And again, this is all captured into one larger um, approval. Ultimately, the Planning Commission um, granted a conditional use authorization to essentially bring the property back to what it was, basically all the units that had been um, originally approved for, which is uh, a total of, of 12, um, and then some other physical requirements. And the conditions of approval have more to do with the timelines around the permits necessary to submit and have approved and do the work to bring it all into a legal state. So there will be 12 units as there were originally? Correct. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Motions, is, is there somebody? any public comment on oh, this okay. item before Sorry. the motion? Please raise your hand. I don't see any public comments, so commissioners? matter submitted uh, do I have motion at the recommendation of the planning department and a settlement with the both parties you want to make a motion I'm not quite sure I'm ready to make a motion just because um, 
I'm reading the email Ms. Rosenberg sent us earlier today. Um, it, it looks like the, the motion should be to amend the, uh, grant the appeal um, to uh, amend the notice of violation to reference timelines, but I'm not super clear on what those timelines are. Okay, I, there was a PDF attached oh. um, inside the email, so maybe we could, put, <laughs> we could put it up on the screen. I actually have... Um, oh, that would be helpful. Thank yeah, you. hold on. I apparently didn't scroll up far enough down. So the PDF was submitted, and that's what uh, they, the parties like the board to adopt. Thank you, Alex. So it's page, I believe, six of the, I think, yeah, maybe that's a better copy. Thank you, cool. Thank you, Mr. Teague. So I think it's on page six, I believe, of the NOV. They're just changing. And Al, can you zoom so we can see the whole page and what the title is? No, go out, please so that we can see the top. Let's just see the top, timeline to respond, beginning on page six. So we're crossing out, they wanna cross out that information and add the in red. So now if you could zoom in on the red, that would help Commissioner Lemberg. Thank you. Um, this is very helpful. Do I need to read the whole thing into the record or? No, <laughs> you, you, can, you can basically just say, um, grant the appeal and issue the NOB on the condition that it be revised to require the adoption of the proposed language submitted by the parties regarding the timeline to respond? Then that is exactly what I'll say. Okay, <laughs> I won't say it again. So uh, on that motion by President Lopez. Aye. Commissioner Trisvina. Aye. Commissioner Epler. Aye. President Swig. Aye. So that motion carries five to zero and the appeal is granted with that condition. So we are as uh, we are now moving item five. I'll just announce again that was continued to September six. Uh, this is the appeal number twenty three dash zero three one at thirteen forty five Ellis Street. So if you came in late, uh, that item has been continued. So we are now moving on to item number six. This is appeal number twenty three dash zero three zero. Bruce McLeod and Deborah McLeod versus Department of Building Inspection, Planning Department approval. Subject property one forty four twenty fifth Avenue. Appealing the issuance on June 9th, twenty twenty three, to Frank Belizzi of an alteration permit. The project generally consists of replacement of the existing first floor deck and expanding the deck to the rear yard setback line. Addition of a roof deck above the second bedroom office floor. Accessed via four new doors from the third floor office. This is permit number twenty twenty three. 0202-1229, and we will hear from the appellant first. The appellants. Welcome, you have seven minutes. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you for hearing this, this uh, problematic situation. If this isn't the poster child for the, uh, the design review process for, for residential guidelines, I don't know what is. This, this um, should be overturned. Are you going to? But it's not up there. We see it. Oh, you all see it. Okay. This is the invasion of privacy that 
that they would like to um, uh, submit us to by having this deck and stairs which ride a foot above our six-foot fence on the property line and extended back uh, 12 feet so that we would need to wear street clothes inside our house all the time so that they could use their deck. We have uh, proposed several options of putting opaque glass six foot on the side of their, of their uh, north side of their deck. Uh, they've refused. We suggested increasing the um, uh, height of the fence so that they could push stairs, fewer stairs back behind the wall and they don't, don't want to do that. Uh, they have, in the, in the brief, they mentioned all these meetings that we had. Um, we had two and a half meetings uh, and a dinner. And the dinner was uh, lobster cakes flown in from the East Coast with French champagne, two days, and et cetera. And then two days later, we opened the notice from the city about the permit having been granted. It said it's a first floor deck extension. It is, it is not. We didn't even know it had been applied for. Uh, they had talked about sharing plans with us. Um, they talked, on, the, the dinner was to show us the plans, never saw the plans. They talked about termite repair, replacing a deck, and adding an upper deck, but saw no plans. In fact, we did not see plans from, from them until their, their brief was filed. We asked Frank straight out at the, at the end of this third meeting halfway, and he said he had them inside, but he wouldn't go in to get them. They were a matter of public record. Uh, the, the, two, the, the, three meeting, the two and a half meetings that we had with them, we were trying to convey to them the, the privacy issue. Uh, go ahead and start putting up like, these things. Um, this is this is what it would look like. We have a, a plate glass wall at the east end of our house. Um, they would like you to think by by reading their brief that it's only a stairwell that uh, would be exposed, and that the tree, uh, which is huge and leafy, would provide us all the privacy that we would need. When we had them over to our house on the second meeting to try to convince them about the incursion of privacy, maple leaves were being tracked into the house with Allison noticed. This is Ju July. We are, we are already losing leaves. The tree is in leaf in the summertime, not in the fall, not in the spring, and certainly not in the winter. When we found out during that meeting at our house that their architect had taken a photograph of our tree in December, leafless certainly with exposing the glass wall behind it. And we, we asked to see the picture multiple times in writing. We have those emails. Uh, and they would never produce it. Um, our suggestion of, of the opaque glass wall and pushing the stairs back so that people rising on the steps would not, a six-foot person wouldn't be able to see over the, the uh, uh, side, the property line at the corner of the room of the of the building. We have this is a two two story wooden wall that we have that's that's they use up to up to the deck that's currently there. Um, 
we have uh, the, the tree situation, the plans that they submitted to the city uh, have, that's it, you have to put it under here. Um, they have trees in the area, but not the tree that's in the construction zone, which is our maple tree, which they say in their brief, is all you need for privacy. If they build the stairs the way they wish to, they will shear off a third of the tree because people will hit their heads coming down. If they move the stairs back, that won't endanger our tree, which is supposed to be our privacy shield. They, we have trees in the neighborhood. That upper tree is at the beginning of our property in the front. The red tree that, that we've drawn in is, is the construction zone uh, maple tree, right in the middle. Not non-tree, non never on the plans. So whoever was looking at the plans was not aware that this is a second story deck and didn't have complete construction zones, uh, critical aspects, aspects for privacy. And they included in their brief um, to incorporate, uh, for, for privacy, to incorporate landscaping and privacy screens into the proposal. We had suggested the privacy screen, six foot glass opaque screen, not, not, not acceptable. Um, this is the second story depth picture. So the city wasn't presented with, with an honest, truly exposed picture of what this plan was. It should be overturned. Um, they want you to also see the stairwell picture. 30 seconds. They, twice, we submitted this with our brief. They submitted it again to try to say, it's only a stairwell where there's going to be privacy issue. We had this picture in to see the sight line that's made by laser light, which is the, where people, which is the floor of their deck on the other side of the wall. And here, this, is, this shows the uh, height of a, of, of a six-person inside Thank you. That's time. at nighttime. Thank you. You'll have time in rebuttal. Thank you. We will now hear from the permit holders. Thank you. Did you want to show that now? Did you want to show it now? Uh, overhead, please. Hello, my name is Renato Jose, and I'm the architect for the project at 144 25th Avenue. I've been practicing architecture in San Francisco for over 20 years, and as part of my process, I do a thorough code research and analysis before I even start my design work. I voluntarily go down to the planning department's planning information counter, seeking um, clarifications relative to the code, and also presenting a list of questions I have relative to the code, especially as it pertains to the allowable building envelope. 
When I visited the planning counter, I met with Jeff Spears, a senior planner at the planning department, and there were two questions I asked him specifically regarding the building envelope. The first was, um, the first was seeking clarification on the location of the rear yard setback. In RH1 zone projects, it's 30%, and Jeff confirmed that the 36, 36 foot setback I represented here is correct. Um, so this is the extent that we can extend our deck to. Um, and so I think it's also important to note that we can also, per planning code, extend our building up to that point, uh, granted it meets the 40X height requirement. The other question I asked Jeff was whether there were any side yard setback requirements, and in particular, once the deck gets past the rear of the neighboring building. For a definitive answer, he suggested I reach out to one of the architects on staff. So I met with David Winslow, a principal architect who's part of the planning department's design review team, and he can make decisions relative to the RDG, the residential design guidelines. I asked David whether locating the three foot wide stairs, which is this, to the rear yard meets the requirements of the RDG relative to any side yard setbacks. He said, yes, this meets the side yard setback requirements relative to light and air with the stair acting as a buffer zone at the side yard. As part of my process, I asked him if I could get this in writing as I like to locate this on the permit set so that whoever's doing the uh, plan check review at the planning department can see that there's been sign off by the design review team. David asked me to send him an email summarizing our code clarification conversation and in his response, he acknowledged what we've shown meets the, meets the residential design guideline requirements. And I located this email correspondence on the title sheet. Good evening, Brett Gladstone. I'd like to introduce my client, Frank Belize, who's next to me. Um, appellants list four major concerns, property value, views, privacy, and security. And if you look at the residential guidelines, including those that should be on the overhead and in your brief, you'll notice that none of them, except for uh, uh, light and air, and except for views, excuse, excuse me, except for privacy, and perhaps light and air, uh, are set forth in the guidelines as something to be protected, uh, especially not property value. Um, even the privacy protection provided by the guidelines is partial, and it indicates that it's the duty of a property owner or a neighbor next door to mitigate whatever the privacy issues are. And we've suggested, of course, to the um, uh, appellants that they have the ability to raise the fence near where the maple tree is. And they have full privacy in all seasons when the deck would practically be in use because an extremely dense maple tree, of course, lies on the appellant's property along the joint property line. Most important, none of the appellant's windows face the joint property line. Um, my clients have designed their new deck so that the closest a person can stand to the joint property line on the deck is actually four feet. Note, please, that the stairs from the deck to the backyard will be along the property line, and certainly the deck will not. Um, yet appellant's concerns seem to be the same as if the deck was built right along the property line. Uh, why they believe that a six-foot person would linger at the top t several stairs of that stairway before coming up and down those stairs, and that lingering there, that six-foot person would be able to look into appellant's rear windows. Um, the 
although views are not protected, you'll see the statement from appellant, which we provided to you, stating, quote, uh, the view from our east and facing wall of plate glass windows, especially of the gorgeous maple tree that we have grown from seeds for 40 years, has always been the principal design focus of our most used room in the house, unquote. Despite the fact that property values or security to a neighbor are not protected, appellants state, quote, there are so many features of the proposed plans that individually and in combination would destroy our privacy, views, safety, and property values. A uh, word or two about the privacy features that do exist and will be provided. First of all, I mentioned the tree several times. Uh, and uh, I also mentioned the deck will not be uh, adjacent to the wall. But it's also important to note that the rear window that you've seen from inside, and you'll see it from the outside here, uh, has a reflective quality. Uh, you'll also see it in the second photo in, ex in the appellant's brief. Um, you'll see the photo. Do you want the, the photo overhead? I'm sorry. Do you want the overhead? Are you yes, trying to please. show photo overhead, please? Yes. Uh, what that means is that with that reflective glass window, and you can see it here, even in the, in, in the winter when the maple tree can be seen through, your view of inside would be blocked by the reflection in the window. So even a six-foot person who's standing at the top, perhaps we should put the picture of the person standing on the fence, would principally look into a reflective piece of glass. Um, by the way, it's not a view into a bathroom nor a bedroom, uh, and privacy is taken into account by the guidelines, mostly when we're dealing with rooms of that kind. Uh, you've seen, uh, this is a picture, by the way, very important to note, of the appellants producing an addition to the property line fence, which is at eight feet. They put up a two-foot addition, and um, that's exactly what they could provide. It's entirely in their power. That fence, they, that fence is completely on their property. Uh, therefore, without objection, we would have none. They could put up a portion of that two feet, uh, all of that two feet. And as you can see from the photos, it only takes cutting a, a limited number of limbs of the maple tree. Uh, with that addition, uh, there certainly would be no privacy issue. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions at this time, so we will now hear from the planning department. Okay, good evening again, President Swig, Commissioners, Corey T. for the Planning Department. Uh, the subject property here is 144 25th Avenue. Uh, it's zoned RH1, and there's an existing single-family home there. Uh, the building permit um, that's on appeal tonight um, did come to the Planning Department twice um, at the counter. Both of those reviews were over the counter, uh, once in February of this year, once in May of this year for a reduced scope of work. Um, during that time, and then as the uh, property owner mentioned, there was previous input with the planning department on the design prior to the permitting process. Um, because the nature of this project did not require 311 neighborhood notice, um, and because it was consistent with the uh, planning code and also consistent with the residential design guidelines, it was approved um, over the counter by the planning department. Um, Again, the property owner also mentioned on the issue of 
privacy and how that's addressed in the residential design guidelines. It basically states that when there are special and unusual privacy situations that, that may warrant some additional um, consideration and actions for projects. Uh, this type of project, which is a, um, a typical one level deck in the rear, um, that is done in a way to also meet design guidelines. That's generally not considered one of these special situations. We have a separate deck handout that basically says if you have you know, a deck that's just to the next, um, basically a one story deck that's 10 feet or less with the appropriate design and setbacks, that, that generally is gonna be approved um, over the counter. Um, so I can't speak to any of the interactions between the neighbors, of course, but in terms of the planning department's review, and determination that it was consistent with the code and the residential design guidelines. It appears that was done correctly and the permit was approved by planning department correctly. And so we respectfully request that you deny the appeal and allow the permit to go forward, but I'm available for any questions you may have. Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions at this time, so we will now hear from the department building inspection. Good evening, President Swig and Commissioners. Uh, I'm Kevin Birmingham, representing the Building Department. There's not much for the Building Department here. We did review it properly and it was issued properly, and we suggest you uphold the permit and deny the appeal. Do you have any questions? Thank you. No questions at this time. Thank you. We will now move on to public comment. Is there any public comment for this item? Please raise your hand. Okay, please approach the microphone if you're here for public comment on this item. And if you, after you're done speaking, if you could fill out a speaker card, that would be helpful for the minutes. Thank you. Three minutes, yes. Okay. Um, you you could speak in the middle. He has a, oh, you he has has a presentation okay. he wants to show. Do you need help bringing it up? Uh, yeah, I got it here. Okay, so we're a little late to the party. I live um, 154 25th Avenue. Computer, please. Excuse me? Uh, I'm just telling him to put the, on the computer. Thank you. Oh, is it? Uh, okay. Yeah, my name is Mike Cardos. I'm here with my wife, Lexi Bisbee. We live at 154 25th Avenue. Like I said, we're a little late to the party. Um, you know, we learned of activity going on. We saw this porta potty with no parking signs about three weeks ago. We got a notice of this appeal two weeks ago um, through a text from our neighbor. Thank you very much. Um, and then that's sort of, we realized that something was going on. We started looking into you know, really what, what's happening over there. Um, just to orient you, um, we live in the Seacliff uh, area. That's my home with the blue dot. This is probably hard to see, but this is our home, 154, which is two doors down from 144 where the, the permit is held. Okay, so I, I went over and I talked to Allison. Um, you know, knocked on our door, wanted to find out what was going on, if this permit was gonna impact us at all. Um, her response was a little bit, you know, standoffish. She said the plans are online. Um, ultimately, she said that she'd have her husband follow up. Never did. Um, but ultimately, she came around to saying that this should have no impact on you. I started talking a little bit more about what the plan was. Um, she said that there was gonna be a deck on the second floor, which does impact us, as I'll show in a minute. Um, 
and you know ultimately she said there will be a glass railing um, so again it would be of no impact I went back and I texted her this picture and I'll show this again in larger scale um, I said here's our view from the back window looks like your deck railing and furniture will block almost completely our view of the Golden Gate Bridge right I mean this is one of the things that we love about our house and you know improves uh, basically our quality of life and and uh, home value privacy all those things um, she texted me back and said, you know, it's going to be a, a clear glass, and that was sort of the end of it. So here we are. Um, this is my home at the bottom, 154. Um, this is their home up here. This is their deck where they want to put a, a deck on the second floor. Here's view one, um, which is that view of the bridge. Again, that's the nighttime view from our backyard. This is what it looks like from the, the east this is what it looks like from our yard, right? So from our second floor. So a glass railing and here's a person. So that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like with a glass railing. This is our neighbors waving at us into our second floor bedroom. Then we learned that there's gonna be a fire pit and furniture there. So now we've got the fire pit. We've got people looking out at the Golden Gate Bridge and you know, likely some greenery. What's to say that's not going to happen, right? So this is not a no impact. Thank this you. was very rushed. Thank you very much okay. for your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Is there any further public comment for this item? Please raise your hand. Please approach. Is there anyone else out there who wants to do public comment? Because if so, if you could just line up. Okay. Thank you. So my name is Ron Lissack, and I'm the property owner at 168 25th Avenue, and I'm here to support both the appellants and um, the last speakers. Um, I believe that this process, uh, notwithstanding the input from the Planning Commission, the Building Department, was an opaque process. It was not a process that allowed comment from the neighbors who were affected. And I think um, the Commission should consider in matters like this where there is uh, a nature of a dispute between neighbors for the benefit of everybody in the community, it would be a, a very much improved process if there was um, open transparency for all concerned in the immediate vicinity. I did get a notice about the appeal, but I did not get a notice about the original issuance of the permit. And had I been given um, a notice about the issuance of the original permit, I probably would have had an opportunity to meet my neighbors for the first time and have a conversation about what their plans were. We would have been able to give them our input. Thank you. Thank you. Can sir? you fill out one of the cards, sir? Can you please fill out a speaker card so we have your name accurate for the minutes? Thank, Thank you. you. Is there any further public comment on this item? If you could please approach. Hi, I'm Lexi Bisbee. I'm married to Mike. Um, I live in that room that would be, have somebody look right in on us. I just wanna say, I just feel this all could have been mitigated with some conversations between neighbors. You know, it just, we feel blindsided and we just feel like, our attempts to discuss with them, actually, we were put off. Um, I just feel like with a little bit of conversation, we don't have to be here. That's all. Thank you. And if you could please fill out a speaker card as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Is there any further public comment? Please raise your hand. I don't see anybody on Zoom. So we will move on to rebuttal, and we will hear from the appellants. And you have three minutes. The architect 
talked about what he puts on the plans. I can show you what he doesn't put on the plans. What he doesn't put on the final set of the plans is the trees that are very much at issue here. And he concealed it from Winslow. And so Winslow, when he was talking about, well, I think this, this meets design guidelines, knew nothing about the tree, and he knew nothing about the wall, the glass wall. And without that knowledge, how could he possibly evaluate this situation? If you look, this is an interesting exhibit. You look at this, and they exhibit. This is their photograph. We didn't know we were taking it. I'm climbing up on a, on a tree here. They claim that this shows that there's no blockage. What it shows is I couldn't get up on the tree high enough to get my feet on this eight foot or this seven foot two line, which is their deck. And if I had been able to get my feet on it, it would have been up this high. And we put this board there to show that two feet addition on the deck would have absolutely no effect. It, we cannot protect ourselves from this incursion. The only thing that can happen is by sliding the um, stairs five feet eight inches back. And we have proposed that to them from the very beginning. And they just refuse it. They say, well, that would take too much space off of our deck. So we say, OK, you're worried about your dining room table you're going to put out there and having enough space. All you got to do is put in a trap door. There's a picture of a trap door in the residential design handbook. It's on the roof of a building, but it's over stairs. They could do that and lose none of their space and protect us entirely. They say, no response, no response. I, I took Frank up on the deck and sh explained it all to him. He said he'd talk to his uh, architect about it. We hear nothing more, no reason at all for not adopting that simple policy that would protect the entire problem, and we, we would be done. There's, uh, oh, one of, one of the other things that just kills me in here, they say, well, we're rarely going to be up there, and, you know, people aren't going to go there very often. When are they not going to be there? At what time? Are we going to have a schedule when we got to go in and get dressed? It's going to change our entire way of life having this monstrosity of a deck looking into our window. Thank you very much. Thank you. We do have a question for you, Mr. McLeod, from Commissioner Lumberg. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. McLeod. Um, and I, I wrote this question earlier, and then uh, I heard public comment, which is why I think public comment is, uh, again, so important. Um, but uh, in in the uh, the permit holder's briefing, they, they state that the fence... Uh, the, the property line fence is actually entirely on your property. Um, and I heard you earlier suggest that uh, uh, an opaque glass privacy screen, um, is there anything stopping you and your wife from, from installing such an opaque glass privacy screen? That's on their deck. That's a different issue. That's, they, see, that's not the stairway issue. That's on the other side of, of the stairway. And that gives them a view also into our house, less severe than the stairway. But, right, but so I, we can't do that. We I, can't put a privacy screen on their property. No, you can't. But what you could do is put it on your property. Why would that not address the issue? Couple things. 
you put, you put this stairs on the property line, that invokes the situation of needing a firewall. The firewall's gonna come up this high. Right there, you've got a firewall now going up four, 42 inches that's gonna block our view. Now we're having to do what? We're having to put up a privacy screen over that? Our winter light is gonna be totally gone. I want to say one more thing. They, they talk about we'll rarely go, rarely go up there. Um, but we're not going to know when that is. We're not going to know the time of day they're going to be there. This is an unusual situation. Oh, and one more thing. Let me just say one more thing about it. I, 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 I wanted to kind of stick to what my question was, though, which is why building something on, your, on the fence on your own property isn't a viable option. Oh, I, that I can show you in a second from that photo I just had up. I'm sorry. This photo. Overhead, please. Right here. All right. You, you see how high I am. But I'm not high enough to where their deck is. But to then screen me, I would have to be way up there. So if I was to put a screen up, I'm six foot, so I would put a screen that's at the top of that yardstick. Oh my God, that covers 80% of my window wall. I get, then I get no, absolutely no sunlight in the winter. It's not possible. The only thing that is possible is what we suggested for them, and that is just move the deck five point eight feet in behind my wall, and then it's okay. They never rise high enough to see in there. This is gonna be dead space anyway. It's all gonna be covered with a deck. By, They're not gonna be able to do anything with it. By the five foot eight inches, do you mean five foot eight inches lower? The laterally, the, laterally. Laterally, Just laterally, which direction? Laterally means this direction, in this way. So, I mean, you're asking them to take five foot eight inches off the end of their deck? Because that's no, a lot. No, 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 <laughs> no, 5.8, just insert the stairs, 5.8 inches, five feet eight inches, excuse me, five feet eight inches sooner. If it's inserted five feet eight inches sooner, then by the time they rise to the height that they could have potentially seen into our deck, they're... Protect, we're protected because now they've hit the, our wall, okay? They've hit the flush wall, and then they can go as high as they want because it's a 40-foot wall. I would suggest that you um, pull out the plans and show us by means of the plans as opposed to trying to... Yeah, I'm yeah, not... I mean, I, why don't, why, do you have the plans? Well, we were never given the plans. Uh, I, uh, there was an exhibit uh, that showed... Uh, Mr. Glasser, would you provide the plans to the... Yes, well, I'll have the architect give the plans, which were provided as an exhibit that I uh, sent yeah, to him well, at Brad, the time. Just, uh, would the architect the come plans. up, please, show the plans? Yes, Mr. McLeod got the plans from me. Yeah. Well, maybe, Mr. McLeod, do you have something plan. that you think will be helpful? Yeah. Okay, yes. overhead, please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The red mark on that plan is the critical intersection between our house and their 
that is where the tree is, that is where the glass wall is. There's no tree there. There's no tree there because if they showed where the tree was, you would see that their new stairs are going to be blocked by the tree, which means they're going to have to do what? They're going to have to buzz cut the tree, probably kill it. So they're, they're, they're eating our privacy just in two steps. The first step is we get the permit, and we now have control. Now cal saying that you've got this wonderful tree that gives you privacy. Now privacy. Now we've got control of the property. Now we, under California law, we can just buzz cut your tree. You lose all your privacy, but there's nothing you can do about it because we can do what we want to with our property. So we're left with nothing. Nothing but a, a, a complete exposure. And they, they talk about uh, view isn't uh, protected. But we're not talking about view. View's a two-way street. Well, maybe not through our reflective glass window. It's glass. It's not reflective glass. It's just glass. If it's a two-way street. The, problem is, yes, it, it does affect view, and maybe view is not protected, but it, it equally is, affects view in, and that is protected. That's all over the guidelines, even the, the uh, and, and, and the way to fix it. Here, let me read from, uh, this is from the residential design review. I don't think that's necessary, thank you. Um, I'm just trying to get a better sense of what is and is not possible here. Um, because we have to decide whether this permit was properly issued or not. Um, we have racked our brains on that subject. And what we determined was, other than giving us a three-foot setback, which is, by the way, what the, what the plans, the residential design review uh, recommends in all cases, rather than building on the property line. But if you're not going to do that, the only way to do it is to move the stairs 5.8 feet. And if you put in this trap door that they make fun of, you don't even lose your dinner table of guests' of ability to spread out. You just close the door when you've got people seated. They're all seated for dinner. Then when anybody wants to go down, you just open the door and they walk right down the stairs. Okay. We've done everything we can to try to accommodate. I, I hear that and I understand that. I'm, I'm going to pass to Commissioner Trasvenia. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Lemberg, and thank, thank you for your presentation. I have three what I think are quick questions, and I hope they are can be answered uh, quickly. Uh, it was stated that no windows face the property line. Well, of course. It, my question is, that doesn't really matter because... Your argument is that from the new stairs, you can see into your house through your window. Right. So it doesn't matter which way the window, windows face. It's right. It's only 21-inch wall. That's it. Okay. Anybody on that deck, just okay. lean right over. Okay. Great. Look right okay. straight thank, into thank, the house. Thank you. My second question is on the issue of the concealment, for lack of a better word, the, the, the tree isn't on the plans. <laughs> exactly. Is that, does that, in your view, a defect? Does that, be, does that um, avoid the issuance of the impact? Is, that, is the, issue, the relevance of that the impact on the tree 
or is it on uh, like wh what it difference is it what difference does it make whether the tree is on the plan or not it invalidates the whole design review it what, why tell me why because Winslow wasn't told about the glass wall or the tree. That, that's They're not, hiding that condition from him. What's the impact of not having the tree on the plan? Oh, well, that's simple. The, the, the reason that that has an impact is because their plan calls for their stairs to go right down the property line. But the tree covers the property line. They can't implement their plans if that tree is there so the tree, without cutting the tree. Right. So they hid the tree from the reviewers by just erasing it off of the plan. And whose tree is it? It's my tree, but they have, on their complimented us. they have complimented us for the way we keep it trimmed and said, we, we really appreciate this. This is such a beautiful tree, but it's going to be... Sliced. Okay. My last question is, with regard to your windows, what what is the impact on financially your lifestyle or anything else if you put up a drape that would protect your privacy? Our windows are seven feet by six feet tall. Seven feet, seven foot by six. Excuse me. Sorry. Six tall, seven uh, wide. They're over the um, um, stairway that goes down. There's no way we can climb up there and pull drapes. And why should we have to? So somebody can have a dinner party and their guests can be a little more comfortable and they can have a fire pit on a wooden deck. Okay, I, I asked you for the, the impact. Keep the and, environment, and you, 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 you know. I've asked you for the impact and, and you've told me. So thank you, thank you very much. Pete, we do have a question from President Swig as well. Sure, can you pull the plans back up again, please? Uh, uh, overhead, Alec. Yes. All right, thank you. Um, so you, you, I just wanna make it clear. So where we have the yellow box, you are advocating that that yellow box basically be moved from my point of view to the left, um, would you say five feet? Five feet, eight inches, I think. Right, so, so basically the, the stairs would begin um, approximately uh, where your house ends, correct? No, they, two stairs, if we have an eight foot fence, yeah. Two stairs could remain before our house, and it yeah. would not impact anything. Fine. If, I, I just wanted to. Yeah, so, so I just want to make sure that I'm reading it correctly, because yes. you know, words, words, and and seeing a pretty picture is worth about ten thousand words to me. So, so your advocacy is to move those stairs um, to the left, five point three inches, um, and secondly. Uh, the, the, they have a glass wall, uh, which would be, in this case, on the, uh, the inside of those stairs we, we, around their deck? We have a glass wall. No, yeah. I think he's talking about the glass wall on the, you mean on, on the deck extension here? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, gla that a glass to be wall. Opaque glass. All right. Six feet high. Uh, uh, is, is, all, I need a yes or no answer, please. Sorry. Don't. Please don't editorialize. You've had your opportunity to. 
Thank you. To speak. I apologize. I'm, I'm, I just want a clarity. Is that a glass wall? Is that how, how the plan is? To your understanding, is that a glass wall which is clear glass? No, it's yeah, uh, under the plans. Planning. It's to be shorter. Under the plans, it's to be 42 inches is it, and clear. Is it clear? clear. Okay. And Does it help you? Trying to help you. Yeah, I know you. Okay, I'm trying to help you. Sorry. Does it help you if that clear glass becomes opaque? That's what we. That's asked what we them. have asked for. Okay. Great. That's that's so if if the stairs cannot be moved and that that glass wall becomes opaque does that i know it's not going to make you the happiest but is it is a, is it a better resolution for that section of the deck to have an opaque glass wall it, that does not impact at all the views from the stairs which are the more critical views because those are the ones that that are I, closest and I, have the best side angle I, I, for I, exposing. I understand that. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to work with you here and see, you know, in in a in compromise, sometimes you don't get all what you want, but uh, I'm just trying to f figure out if that would assist in any way, shape or form. It's minor because all it okay. does is when they've got people sitting I, on the on their deck then, we don't have to hear them and see them as much. That's thanks. not our problem. Thank our you. Problem. Thank you very. Thank you very much. I okay. appreciate that very much. You answer my question. Thank you. There are no further questions. You can be seated. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. We will now hear from the permit holders. Hello, members of the board again. Um, I just want to reiterate that throughout this process, we followed uh, what's in the residential design guidelines as uh, the, the ZA mentioned, and also planning code. Um, the question about where, where the neighbor's house is relative to our deck, I think this, over, this overhead will, will show it. So what's shaded is the neighbor's house. So you can see that it's a, a three-story building right up against the property. This right here, that's the end of their wall that goes out to the deck, and then this is the stair going down. Right now, they have a six-foot fence that's up there. This is roughly where their maple tree, and they have another tree there, and then this one, these two trees are on, the, on, the, on my client's property. Um, also, in the question regarding trees and plans, as far as I know, in terms of planning code, um, unless it's a heritage tree, it's not protected, um, and I don't think it's necessarily required in the drawings. Well, a couple of things. First of all, we've heard the word view maybe 30 or 40 times from appellant and the neighbors who testified. And I'm sorry they're not familiar with the, the, the guidelines that views are simply not protected. I think you can understand from listening to appellant how difficult it has been to negotiate. We've certainly tried. We've had many, many meetings. Um, we didn't need, think we needed to have meetings with people down the block because a view, 
uh, with our upper deck with glass. We just didn't think that would be, excuse me, a major problem. Um, I want to point out that we're not killing the tree and we're, we, we, we're happy to have an arborist. There's only a few branches of a foot or two over that property line. That's a magnificent big tree. And we're not cutting any. If the property owner took the advice of, of uh, my client and some of you commissioners, he would put up an opaque glass uh, addition to the top of the wall. He could make sure it doesn't cut into his tree. It could be a triangle so that none of the tree limbs are touched and that the top of the triangle, the long portion of the triangle is against his building. I'm uh, happy to accommodate that in, in any way. Um, I don't think we've heard a good reason why they can't be done. Um, as for putting a glass wall at the side of the deck, could I have the deck drawing? What? what what's being proposed? What's being proposed is, I think, a um, a glass wall here of twelve feet. Thank you. That's time. Okay, we do have a question. That's not what we're proposing. It's be, just to be clear. Thank you. That's what they are. Okay, so Can we... Can you keep that uh, up, please, Alec? The plan. Nope. Okay, Thanks. so we have questions from President Swig, Commissioner Lemberg, and Commissioner Trisvino. Okay, I'm going to ask both gentlemen to stay at the podium, please. Um, you know that we, you know, decks are one of our more challenging items um, because we are aware that this meets the 30-foot setback. We are aware that um, it's compliant um, and we are aware that neighbors have the option of, of having conversations to reach a mutual a mutual agreement because they have to live next to each other and we always I always like to remind everybody that while they're winning the game they're losing their quality of life because they're going to hate their next door neighbor because they get into an uh, a, cons a, a consequential argument that could result in uh, disharmony and I don't want to hate my neighbor you know that's my personal view and I hope these two neighbors can solve this um, so uh, compliance is is not an issue. Yes, Mr. Gladstone, I've sat on this board for a long time. I understand that views are not protected, and I understand that privacy is somewhat arbitrary. And we could sit here on this board, and we have broad powers, and we can we could look at the privacy issue and and suggest some changes. I would rather suggest that we that come from the uh, the neighbors themselves. It makes it much easier. Uh, so my question is this. Why does that stairway have to be there, asking the, art, the architect in a professional fashion? Why does that stairway have to be there, and why can it not be moved uh, to the rear, which would take away all the aggravation um, that is caused the disharmony in this case and why uh, I don't see the if that stairway maybe aesthetically and I want to you know that's why I'm asking the architect because I'm not an architect but I also know that if you put back that stair 5.3 feet 
that you you grab five feet more of deck on the front side of the the deck, and you create a situation where the stairway rises uh, into the back of the deck nicely, and also uh, completely does what the appellant says, which is takes away the opportunity for an interruption of uh, that privacy, obviously, there would still be a deck there, and we can talk about putting an opaque or a clear glass that would somewhat alleviate that issue. But first and foremost, why? Can, why? What? What is the hesitation of helping them out and moving that deck 5.3 inches or six feet uh, back so it's against the property line and not against the tree? So this here is a, a blow up of the deck area. Uh, and I also put furniture in the plan to show uh, what the functions and the program is that, that my clients want, um, as I think should be the right for, for their deck. Um, there were challenges on this project because the existing dining room here has doors that open out. So it limits the amount of space that you can actually put furniture, as well as the doors coming from the sitting room off of the kitchen also opens out. So right then and there, a lot of usable square footage gets, gets used up for the deck. Um, and then also setting this back three feet from the, from the one hour firewall also presents limitations in size. And so that's, that's kind of the impetus for um, having furniture there to, for their functions of how they want to. So I, I see that the biggest issue is really, it is, it's really the three hour firewall and the need to separate. A one hour firewall. Uh, the one hour, sorry, yeah. the one hour firewall and the, the need to separate. I'm gonna ask uh, DBI and planning to comment on that on the, on their thoughts with regard to legalities and all that stuff. But uh, so, so as the deck sits right now, um, it's, it's not next to a building. So no, that firewall issue is not as impactful, correct? Or not? Am I wrong? I don't uh, know can you rephrase sure. the question? I'm sorry. So where the, where the deck, the, the, the deck is planned right now, it's against uh, a fence, right? Correct. That's, and, that's right here. And, and where's their build, where's the neighbor building start with, and in the current plan right there. Right, so the, the the importance of the firewall is is from that point uh, again to the to the left. I don't know whether it's north, south, east, or west, but so if it was moved uh, five feet to the you're 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 against that building, and that's the the necessity for the, the gap between the the stairway and 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 the the neighbor's building. Is that your, your correct? Your you know, per per building code, right. we're required to have the. I'm, I, I'm just trying to get your explanation as to why it can't be moved or why it can be moved and what, you know, what, how we could mitigate that. And then we can make a decision as to if we're going to make that request to you. Um, and, okay, that's, that's, that's very informative. So with that position there, it's against a, a fence. So the issue related to a firewall is, uh, is mitigated somewhat, correct? correct? Correct. Okay, that's, uh, that's an important piece. 
A very important piece. Yeah, and it's and it's also for the deck. What I was showing with the doors and the furniture. Uh, I don't that care. Also eats I don't up care a lot of the, flow. The, the, that's that's a neighbor. You know, that's kind of like okay, get a round table and and make it differently because you you want to maintain harmony uh, with your neighbor. That's that's my point of view on that, mm -hmm. which is not a legal point of view. It's just you know how how can we make how can we build some harmony? But a firewall issue is is something that breaks code. That's my concern. And with regard to uh, um, con converting that, that wall, uh, the glass wall, to an opaque wall, which would give them privacy, um, why, uh, why not? And that's a privacy issue. That is not a view issue. Um, and I want to clarify that to Mr. Gladstone. Um, because that has nothing to do with a, a view. That has something to do with a privacy. Um, and which we have to protect. So what about converting uh, that part of the glass wall to an opaque wall to give them some privacy and let them think about raising their fence to the approved height limit, which would give them further privacy? Yeah, so I can tell you um, the reasons for providing what you call the wall, which is a, a guardrail, mm -hmm. so it's 42 inches tall. And why can't uh, that be opaque to give them some privacy? We could use opaque glass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because the, um, the reason for having this assembly in the design is that it eats up the least amount of square footage because it's already a tight. Got it. But that could, be, that, that, could, that could be from what it is right now to give them some added privacy. Uh, we could ask that that become a, an opaque glass, opaque which glass. would get, yeah. give them some, although they said it really that wouldn't be their preference. Okay. Where would the glass wall be? I'm it's, not clear. It's right here. Yeah. Oh, on, on the rail of yeah, that yeah, Yes. All right. So you're not obscuring light. You're just ob obscuring the opportunity for intrusion of privacy and if you did that. the height of that glass wall is how 42 high? 42 inches. What's the height of that glass wall? You said 42 inches. 42 inches. Yeah. Okay. That could certainly be uh, changed as you wish. Okay. All right. Th those are uh, th those are my question, and I'll ask uh, planning and DBI to comment on if that what what are the issues related to those stairs being moved, you know, five feet. Do you want me to keep this up here? Sure. I think that's uh, that's okay. what we're talking about. Thank you. You can be uh, seated. Any other commissioners have any questions? Uh, we will. Okay. We will now right, hear. From, I'm sorry. We'll now hear from the planning department. Hello again, Corey Teague, Planning Department staff. Uh, just a few clarifications and confirmations. One thing, the, the upper deck portion of the plans actually were removed. So the issue of blocking the view from the Golden Gate Bridge, that scope is removed from this permit and not really under discussion. That's, that was the second approval that came to planning. Um, having said that, private views aren't protected um, in the city. Uh, just FYI, under the code and the residential designs um, guidelines. Um, you know, the, again, we can't speak to how neighbors interact with each other, but this scope of work at the city level, you know, the determination has been made at the policy level, this scope of work doesn't require pre-application, doesn't require neighborhood notification. So that's why the permit was able to be approved over the counter. Um, this scope of work also doesn't, doesn't require design review by a senior design staff person like David Winslow. That happened to have happened, but it could have been approved over the counter by any staff person. Um, for this scope of work. On the trees issue, it's true, unless it's a significant tree or a landmark tree, 
Um, it's not required to be preserved or shown on, on the property. I don't know that that would have made any difference in this, these plans um, from a planning department review perspective um, because you know, trees aren't permanent. They obviously change character over time and over the years, and tree issues tend to be purely a civil matter between, between property owners. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, the overall question here, as we said, the, the project clearly meets all the code requirements. Um, I think this is a question about interpretation of the residential design guidelines and whether or not this is a special or unusual privacy issue that requires change. Um, I would say that the reason this was approved over the counter is that obviously with the tightness of San Francisco, we see things like this pretty commonly. Um, people address them in different ways. There's always going to be, and the residential design guidelines call out that the nature of our density means that there's only so much privacy from a kind of a view between properties that can be achieved. Of course, where that line is, is a case-by-case -case determination, and that's what's before you today. Ultimately, um, whether or not this privacy issue is unique and exceptional enough to warrant um, a change to the project beyond what is required in the code. Again, the planning department reviewed it, determined it be consistent with the code and consistent with the residential design guidelines. The department determined this wasn't kind of a special and unusual privacy issue that warranted amendments to the plans, and that's why it was um, approved. And I'm happy to answer any questions you may have about the firewall, firewall and potential changes, because I'm not sure if I understand exactly what the question is related to that, but I'm happy to answer the, that question or any other questions. Thank you. We have do questions mind, from... Do you mind if I, I since I asked the question before, um, the, the question, if you put the plan up, please, with the overhead? Overhead, please. They like to take that overhead down tonight. Overhead. <laughs> okay. Thank you. The, the, the simple question was, uh, the, the, the stairs right now start out in the backyard, and, uh, and they end at the beginning of the, the appellant's building. If the, if the stairs were moved, uh, forget the furniture plan, if the f stairs were moved 5.3 feet uh, to the left, that would be along the wall of the appellant's building, uh, what would that, would that be legal, number one, and number two, uh, because of the firewall issue, and would it trigger any other, um, any other building issues? Okay, so just to make sure I understand the, what you're talking about is, right now the stairs extend and the end of the run matches the full depth of the deck. You're talking about yes. ins moving this inward yes. so that the stairs actually end their run basically at the neighbor's building instead of going to full depth here, right? It's actually an effect in making the deck along the property line and the stairs, you know, less deep. Is that the change you're talking about? Essentially shifting this? Shifting, shifting the stairs in, building, uh, um, building them in a fashion to allow them to still have the, the length of that deck the way it is, but they have the stairs intruding the deck, uh, the arrival of the stairs intruding the deck and later uh, sure. I mean, position. if you take these stairs and you literally just move them to the left here and affect yeah. reducing the amount of deck space that you have here because yeah. that's where the stair run would be, uh, yeah. that would be a reduction of what's there now. It would be a reduction of what's actually required along the property line now. It, the full depth and height and everything relative to this current proposal is co-compliant, so anything that would essentially make that you know, pull that in and make it smaller would also be compliant. What are, what are, are the issues related to a firewall or any other things that trigger because the, now the deck, instead of being 
not next to the building. It, uh, the, right now, the deck is not next to the building. It's next to a, a, a fence, so it's uh, is not. It, it, mm -hmm. It's a different <clears throat> situation. If it pulls next to the building, does that trigger anything related to? Does it have to be a, away from that building any number of feet, or is there any any further? Uh, yeah. issue related to fortifying the, the firewall or any of I mean, Because firewalls are a building code matter and not planning code matter, okay. I would definitely defer to my colleague from DBI. But okay. generally speaking, again, pulling these stairs inward would probably overall reduce the firewall requirement. Okay. Mr. Birmingham, can I answer the question when, when it's his turn? Uh, there are two other commissioners that I inter interrupted. Uh, Commissioner Epler, I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine, um, because it was a timely, timely question given the rest of the conversation. Um, I want to confirm just a few, few elements of uh, the planning code and planning's review on this. Um, you did mention that the second story deck uh, on top of the structure um, was not part of this permit, but it is part of the plans. Um, that also, that, that deck does not require a 311 notice? Um, so two parts. Um, second one first. Yes, if you're doing an existing deck, <clears throat> excuse me, on top of a co-complying structure, um, and you're doing the minimum height railings, even if they're solid, that does not require notice. If you're doing that on top of a building that is not co-complying, so maybe it's in the required rear yard or it's over its height limit, that requires a 10-day notice. Um, so there, it kind of depends on the nature. But this, because that is a co-complying portion of the building, it would not have triggered. It's, it, it's still shown on the plans. The, they took it out of the plans by bubbling it and putting a note and on the cover page saying that that's being removed. So it's shown, but there's a note showing that that scope is being removed. Yeah, so, so for the benefit of the public, because I get a lot of, lot of notices yeah. in my neighborhood, and a lot of them are for decks. When I get those notices, it's because they're either not compliant, uh, are, are on a not compliant structure or are being put on a new structure um, as opposed to being compliant on a compliant structure. If it's a deck on top of a building or a portion of a building as opposed to a standalone you know, deck on beams like their posts, Generally, that's what it means, yes. Okay, thank you for that clarification. Sure. Um, the second, um, there was comment accusation made that the plans um, were, you know, not omitted material facts, I think is the, the way I would say it, in terms of the lack of the tree being shown or the lack of the, the window on the adjacent property. Um, do you, in, you know, in your professional opinion, would that have changed the analysis of the architect for the planning department on this deck? Um, for the tree, definitely not, um, because again, the privacy protection that a tree may be providing, we don't really factor that in because that can change very easily over time. It's not a permanent, it's not like a wall or a screen. Um, it's not structural. And in terms of the windows, can I, can I borrow the plans real quick? So I can remind myself of how the windows for the adjacent property were, were shown.
so these plans show you know, the the blank side of the wall. They don't show the rear-facing window um, for the um, for the adjacent property. I do know that I reviewed this, you know, with Mr. Winslow um, before this hearing, in full context of what was proposed, and the determination was still the same that this was this it was his determination that this was still compliant with the residential design guidelines. So that is with the in the context of knowing both A, where the window is, and B, where the tree is. We are still in compliance. Yeah, my understanding is full context of the, the site context. Okay, thank you for that clarification. Sure. Thank you. Commissioner Trisvenia? Uh, thank you. I have uh, three questions. Uh, first is, uh, could you clarify what you said about the upper level deck? I, I'm wondering whether Mr. Cardos and Ms. Bisbee's concerns are addressed by what you said or whether they are not addressed? Sure, um, and it would be a little hard to see on these plans because it's so small. Um, but if you see... Okay, I've got the overhead. Again, this is showing the original proposal. You can see here there's a small note. This, oh. Can you move it up a bit? The banner okay. is blocked. Okay, Good. thank you. They just moved the banner. And the project sponsor may be able to clarify more because I think it is a little challenging to understand on the plans a bit um, that it wasn't that the upper deck was removed; it was moved to a different to a different level. Um, and so, with that, I'm trying to. Do you mind asking your original question again, so I can make sure I'm answering it clearly as I can? Well, your excellent your explanation and answer so far leads me to believe that you aren't able to. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get a. I, I thought you said at the beginning of your rebuttal mm -hmm. that the upper level deck had been changed, and I'm trying to ascertain whether the concerns that Mr. Cardas was busy raised were for an earlier version or whether the current version is. I guess I can't ask you whether they still have a problem with it. I just want to make sure whether whether what you've stated has any impact. Correct, and the challenge for me to answer that is I don't know the perspective, you know, the, I don't know which version they were responding to with their concerns, if it was when the deck was the original proposal at its highest level or where it was moved to, so I, I can't right. answer that. that. that that's, as, that's as much as I can, yeah. I can ask for, thank, thank you. The second question I have is on the issue of privacy, you've described that uh, this uh, plan doesn't trigger what you describe special or unusual privacy situations. Can you describe and help us figure out whether, like what are special or unusual privacy situations that would that this would trigger if they existed? 
Sure. Um, and the residential design guidelines do, doesn't offer a lot of examples or exact details. I think that falls into the subjective nature of the design guidelines. This kind of um, there are a lot of different things that may fall into that category depending on context and details. And there are some times where that comes up. I think, as was mentioned by the permit holder, sometimes there's different nature of um, window exposure and the rooms that are there. Obviously, um, windows on the side where you get direct view are more sensitive than angled views, which we get. Sometimes you have views into neighbors' windows that are due to topography and are really challenging to address. Um, and that may not be the same kind of situation where you may be building buildings to a certain height that create the issue. Um, so I think it's, it's very much dependent on the situations. What I can say is, you know, this kind of one level deck situation in the rear is very common um, in the city and we tend to um, ask those to be pulled off the property by property line a bit. And this one, obviously the stairs run along the side, but the deck itself is um, beyond the depth of the adjacent building is pulled off the property by uh, several feet. And so in terms of our guidelines and how we try to accommodate those type of situations, we would determine this not to be kind of an unusual or special yeah. privacy issue. Well, it seems to me you're, you put yourself in a difficult, the department puts itself in a difficult situation to determine special or unusual if the process doesn't include the neighbors, in this case, the McLeods. It's the McLeod sense of privacy, and if they're not part of the discussion, it's hard for your staff to know whether this is special or unusual. Uh, so, uh, and it's also, now we, we've, heard, we've heard their privacy concerns, and I, I suppose we get to decide whether it's special or, or unusual without any, without any further guidance from, from you. Sure, and that's, that's the nature of the residential design guidelines, I think, overall. There are times when we think requirements are necessary to modify a project, even if a neighbor says they think they're fine with it because it's about the principle of the situation and not necessarily the positions of those neighbors who live there at that time. Um, and then, like you said, there may be other opportunities later for, for folks to provide their input if they feel it's necessary. But at the at the initial stage, the the neighbors are not at the table. Correct. Thank you. The last yeah. question I had is the on the if you could put up the design plan about moving the stairs. If the stairs were moved five feet eight inches, would the deck still be rectangular, or would it, or would that the space where the stairs are now not be? Uh, built out of the same height. I mean, I think that's, you could make either option, right? But I think the understanding of what I heard was to essentially pull these stairs in to end here, whereas this corner now where the stairs are would essentially be a void, right? That, that would be the landing where the stairs went down. That's that grade. And so the entire stair structure, including this uh, this entire deck structure, including the stairs, would no longer be a perfect rectangle. It would have this inset there on the corner. Okay. Thank, thank you. And the second question I had is, the neighbors object to the stairs at a certain point. They say at the top of the stairs, if you're six feet tall, you can see a certain... What if 
that six foot tall person is standing to the, I guess, south of the stairs, wouldn't that, wouldn't the privacy concern still be existing? I mean, I think from a, from an angles perspective and like view shed, you'd have the same visibility. You're further away, but you have the same visibility. Right. And so, I mean, I can't answer that if they'd have the same concern as the, as the I, neighbors, but in terms of having the same view shed just from a, a further distance, yes. Thank you. Thank you, President Slick. Commissioner Trezvina, welcome to the world of decks. Um, so I'm going to help uh, Commissioner Trezvina try to help uh, Commissioner Trezvina with this question. Um, how the uh, the upper deck was was lowered uh, by how many vertical feet was it lowered? Do you have any idea? Yeah, my understanding it was moved from the third floor to the second floor. So that would be about eight feet, up, 10 feet? For a 10 foot approximately. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, I mean, deck, uh, we, we all know that views are not protected and um, if you're the neighbor down the block and there is a deck that's built in your way, the blocks the Golden Gate Bridge, that's living in the city of San Francisco and it's not protected. But for the comfort of uh, Commissioner Trisvenia, I, uh, I, I, I wanted you to let him, let him know that because at 10 feet lower approximately or even 8 to 10 feet lower, uh, the, the, the view is, issue is somewhat mitigated, correct? Correct, yeah. I mean, yeah. private views, it's very clearly called out and the residential design guidelines are not, are not protected no. from a design perspective. Okay, thanks. Thank you. We will thank now you. hear from the department. Oh, I'm sorry, do we have a question? No further questions. Okay, thank you. We'll hear from Department Building Inspection. Speak, commissioners. You had some question on the firewall? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, can you put up the, the plan that keeps on going <coughs> down? Thank you. Sure. Um, so, so it, regardless, I don't. I want to stay away from design, uh, and just get cut straight to the point where the, the the there's a deck fill in in the back, but replacing the stairs or not. Yeah. That's for architects to worry about. Uh, if the deck were moved eight uh, eight, eight feet to the uh, to the left, I'm going to use left because it's easier. Um, and uh, and there would be no issue of somebody rising to the top of the deck and being able to look in uh, uh, in, in somebody's window, arguably. Um, does that trigger to trigger any DBI issues? So so the the top of the stairs would be would approximate where that line is uh, coming off of the the planned table. Yeah. Now the firewall extends all the way down. Oh, all the way down. And it follows the rake of the stairs, so yeah. that firewall is always going to be there. Always Whether be you there. shift the stairs one way or the other, it's always going to be there. Okay. And uh, and secondly, uh, if those stairs were shifted um, uh, to the left, at, uh, do they have to pull off the the property line? Is there uh, a no? It'll still have a firewall. It just because the firewall is there, and therefore it can stay on the. Yeah. So, okay, so uh, what I want to establish is, one, legally, those stairs could move. L legally, they could move if the, d if the architect and the yeah. property owner decided to. And, and legally, uh, if they rose uh, from the ground uh, architecturally, uh, then they could backfill the, the, the rest of the deck where they previously 
where they're, they're shown now, so they wouldn't lose any square footage on the deck. They just well, lose the position of the. You wouldn't have the head height. Wouldn't have down the, the stairs because the deck will be here. The stairs will be. You won't have the head height to go under the deck. Oh, I. Uh, so I that see. that'll never be filled in. I see. I got it. Thank you very much. That's why I need that explanation. And therefore, there's really no way uh, of moving those stairs um, yeah. and unless it presents a hardship, a significant hardship to yeah. the, 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 the permit holder. Yeah. I mean, for every, if you remove it back slightly in the deck, two feet, you know, you're moving down so your vision into the window is a lot lower. They're talking about a six-foot person, but if you move it in two feet, you're down uh, 24 inches, so now... Is substantially lower looking into that window. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay. Thank you. Commissioners, this matter submitted. Uh, okay. Commissioners, oh, oh, let me, let me start. I, you know, being probably the, the, the greater veteran of decks. So, um, this is compliant deck. It's legal. Um, and there's no reason why it should get changed because it's legally compliant. It, uh, com it complies to the residential guidelines. We've heard testimony from planning and DBI on the subject. The issue is, um, and, and we have broad and wide powers to say, well, then maybe we can protect the, the next door neighbor in, in some fashion, um, but at, without uh, presenting a hardship uh, to the, the permit holder who in fact is building a very legal deck. Uh, we could say that uh, you could interpret any way you want to as to the, as to the privacy issue. Um, Commissioner Trezvinius made a very good point. There are curtains that could be installed and that would protect, that gives the uh, appellant the opportunity to put in uh, you know, to protect their privacy. Um, so, uh, but I, I think it's important to know the, the two issues really are one, that this is, a, this is a legal deck. And I'm not taking a point of view on this. I'm not going to make a, a point of view on this. Just I'm trying to frame it, okay, uh, for discussion. Uh, so it's a legally incompliant deck. Um, and it is, has caused, obviously, a concern with a next-door neighbor. Uh, there is some slight mitigation. I asked about it, if you can, and we can ask that this be done, and already uh, the permit holder has accepted that change. We could put in an opaque, ask them put opaque glass instead of clear glass on that one area that goes along the, uh, the stairs. Um, and if we feel real strongly about a privacy issue strong enough, we can present a hardship to the, um, to the permit holder and ask them to move the deck anywhere we probably want to, um, at which point they could take an, another civil action. So that's, that's kind of where we're at. And, uh, you know, views are not protected, so that's not an issue. Privacy is protected. I um, mean, that's subjective. So who wants to talk? Who wants to make a motion? <laughs> uh, Commissioner Trezvina. Thank, thank you, President Swig, and I do appreciate your guidance on decks and, and, and many other matters, and I 
I want to point out a couple, couple of things on, on that. Um, one is I, I agree about the views are not protected. From 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 my my vantage point, you can't, you can't disagree because it's the law. Sorry well, about that. I, if, <laughs> over over the years, every time San Francisco State built a dorm or a science building, I lost more and more views, and I wish I could wish I could collect, but I can't. Um, so the views are one thing, but privacy is another. And I do believe that this the process is flawed. We don't know whether what the special and unusual privacy considerations may be. And the department didn't know because the department didn't have the process established to ask the people who had the privacy concerns and interests. And I do think on that basis, this is, this is a flawed process. And I would, uh, I wanna hear from my colleagues, uh, but I would offer that as something that is an obstacle that for me is very difficult to, to over, overcome. Uh, I don't think the issue of, of well, you can put up drapes. I, the the neighbors were, were very clear as to how difficult that would be, uh, and and even if it even if it is difficult, I mean, that's something that I think the department is better off deciding ra rather than us. The other issue I wanted I wanted to um, mention on on this is the uh, issue of of um, just communication and neighbors. We've said this a lot at many, at many departments. I appreciate the permit holder for submitting the brief of, of the neighbor. Didn't have to do that. I th it, to me, it was a sense of trying to accommodate the, our, us for the process to be, to be able to make this decision, but also to incorporate your neighbor's views. And I think that that's an important step. But for all of the, all of the neighbors on this, you're not communicating and However, this is, this is going to be resolved one way or the other, but you do all have to live with each other. And it's true for all neighbors everywhere. Could be somebody having a heart attack, somebody just needing something down the road. And it's, it's really important that it makes our job easier because you all have been able, when, when neighbors make the decisions with, with themselves and each other. So I, I really want to, this is yet another example where that process hasn't has not worked as well as it, it as it could. I do I do commend the permit holder for for his assistance to to the to the appellant on the on the on the brief. Uh, but but my, right now my main concern is that the privacy interests of the neighbors haven't been fully examined or regarded because the process didn't allow that to to happen. Other commissioners. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in um, because you know I, I do agree um, that you know this this is a tough one um, for for neighbors who are not notified in advance who are not part of the process um, but the the law being what it is in this circumstance um, you know we have to ask ourselves I think when we think of privacy issues you know the the residential design guidelines are a subjective thing but you know do we take each person you know next door as they are or do we have you know what's what's the reasonable privacy because you know people come and go from structures the design that we have here has to work for all of them and so you know I, I don't know how we balance each individual's perception of privacy versus how we apply these guidelines against the 
criteria and the, the structures as they are. And I do think that after the fact, as part of this appeal, the planning department has looked at that. And, and I do point out that, at least recently, the planning department has not been bad at saying, hey, you know, we would do this differently if we had known X or Y. In this case, they had X and Y, and they said, we're in the same boat. Um, I do think that we have some difference of opinion up here on, on, on the board, and, you know, I'm not sure how we shake out if we have a vote and if we do have a motion. Um, I generally every time it's suggested up here, cringe for a second and then get convinced by my wonderful commissioners to go along with the idea. But I will float this myself. I wonder if this is the circumstance where a continuance to allow these folks to figure out what to do may, may, you can tell me I'm wrong, may be a good idea because I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm fairly certain that if we take that, that uh, railing window that is just to the south of the stair and make it opaque, that doesn't satisfy the appellant, even though that does add a modicum of additional privacy. Um, I'm not 100% comfortable about moving you know, five feet, eight inches inward on that stairwell, but you know, could be convinced otherwise. But, so I'm not sure if there's, there's an in-between land that we can't think of because we don't know the minds of the people here and what their trade-offs are that they may be able to get to on themselves now that they know that, hey, maybe this could go one way, maybe this could go the other way, and they have the you know, incentive to compromise. But on the other hand, I'm willing to vote tonight if that's what you all see fit. Thank Commissioner Lindbergh. Thank you to my fellow commissioners. I, um, I feel pretty on the fence about this one. Um, I, I feel like there's pretty solid arguments on both sides. Um, on one hand, I actually, I, I, I've, you know, it's, it's no secret that I've been kind of digging in on, uh, on inefficiencies and problems in processes like Commissioner Trasvenia was talking about. And I do think this is a very good example of where a city process, which really has nothing to do with the, the parties in this case, um, but where the, the city process uh, behind something isn't necessarily working for, for the city, uh, which is representative of the people. Um, and on the other hand, I, I do see that, you know, this really has kind of checked all the boxes, uh, as, as Mr. Teague attested to. And I, you know, I, I certainly see that. And I am a little hesitant to grant the appeal outright just because I, I don't want this to be a, a bellwether to say, you know, if you have privacy concerns, you know, come appeal to the Board of Appeals, we're going to overturn your appeal based on that. I am, I, I am a little hesitant on that basis. However, um, I, had, I did independently also think of what Commissioner Epler uh, mentioned, which was the opportunity uh, for a continuance to allow the parties to really um, as, as we attorneys say, meet and confer and kind of compare notes because it doesn't seem like that has happened here. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not thoroughly convinced by the permit holders briefing that that really meaningfully occurred. Um, and uh, I believe, you know, having three separate neighbors attest to the fact that that didn't happen is pretty solid evidence uh, that it didn't necessarily occur in that fashion. Um, and, and for that reason, I, I would be supportive of, of the idea that Commissioner Epler posed. And, you know, 
I think that has you know a couple of possible outcomes. I would say number one, the neighbors meet in good faith and they have a you know an honest upfront conversation and are able to come to some sort of compromise that you know makes everybody at least happier if not happy. Um, or the other option is that doesn't happen and uh, we you know are just kicking the can down the line a little bit. Um, and for that, I say there's not necessarily any harm in doing that uh, if that ends up being the outcome and we eventually deny the appeal anyway. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning toward supporting the idea that Commissioner Epler uh, suggested just because I, I'm not – to grant the appeal tonight, I would want that conversation to have occurred, and clearly it has not. Um, and I just, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable granting that motion, uh, granting the appeal tonight. Um, I, I could be convinced otherwise in the future, though, I think. Uh, so that's, that's what I'll say. Commissioner Lopez, welcome back. Hey, thank you. Uh, I, I guess I'll start by saying that I agree and concur with uh, Commissioner Epler's uh, perspective on the residential design guidelines as it relate to uh, privacy rights. Um, I, I share the perspective that it's it's likely uh, supposed to be determined based on the design elements of the plans and not so much the individual perspectives of uh, any given uh, neighbor uh, that may be transient. Um, but I would say uh, I'm also in favor, uh, well, I, just to, 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 to share my perspective, granting the appeal is not in the cards for, for me, um, but I also see no harm in continuing. I do think that, uh, you know, I would ask the permit holder to, uh, to, to take that into consideration if we end up uh, with that motion before us, because it's clear uh, that there's strong feelings, you know, from your neighbors, just to echo uh, the points that, that uh, President Swig, the Commissioner Trasvigna have made, you know, we all have to live next to each other for the foreseeable future. Uh, and so it, it, it is incumbent upon, you know, the, the interested parties, uh, including uh, neighbors who, who, who aren't appellants, uh, to, to be able to weigh in, to be able to give input. And, and even with some of the potential solutions that have been floated, you know, you may be robbing Peter to pay Paul if you know, one of the solutions works for the appellants, but then creates a visibility obstruction for uh, other interested uh, parties. And so, you know, I would, if we end up there, uh, I would encourage the permit holder to really, uh, you know, in good faith, earnestly uh, engage with, with interested parties. Um, but just to preview, you know, my general line of thinking, I, I, I would be uh, inclined to follow the advice uh, at least directionally uh, from from the departments on this one. Thank you. Uh, before I give it back to Mr. Commissioner uh, 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 Trezvina, I see. Uh, let me make a couple of comments. Okay. So, uh, as I said, this is a legal deck. Uh, it's uh, compliant uh, according to planning department. We could move it forward, uh, but there is also the unsatisfied issue of, of privacy, I think, on this panel. Um, secondly, uh, this panel is concerned that due process 
did not occur. Uh, communication was not as copious as it might have been both between the two next door two next door neighbors and and maybe the rest of the neighborhood although I think it's really between the two uh, next door neighbors um, now uh, uh, let me give you some history so I've sat on this panel for a long time and I've seen um, Commissioners sometimes do I'm not sure it's the right thing, but get in the design and architecture business and And say that okay, let's see. What can we do? What can we do with this deck? And then we start we start read as I've seen it, you know, it's happened. Mr. Gladstone you've seen it, too uh, We could redesign this deck for you tonight and it would probably be pretty awful and and because we're not architects, but we could do it because we could talk about the lack of privacy, and uh, and that's really bothering us. And uh, you know, so let's let's go do it that way. Um, and so I really think that it would be a wise idea, and it would present no manifest injustice uh, if we did continue this, uh, and that we asked the neighbors civilly uh, and kindly. Uh, to, to get together and have a constructive conversation and take it out of our hands so we don't get in the, the design rebuilding deck business and come to a, a conclusion. If you don't, um, then you leave it in our hands and we're either going to deny the appeal and because it's a legal deck or we're going to accept the appeal and... and uh, and approve the permit with some really bad changes, I'm sure. And uh, so I would suggest that we follow Commissioner Epler's suggestion, uh, since there really isn't, a, I don't see a manifest injustice here, and do a continuance, let you all have a good communication, try to work it out. If you don't, you know what's gonna happen, you'll come back here and we'll we'll take it into our own hands and, and come up with a resolution. But I think it's, uh, we have an opportunity to promote some communication um, and some collaboration and hopefully some peace between two neighbors. Uh, Commissioner Tresvenia. Thank you, President Swig, and I thank my colleagues for their trying to come up with a good solution for everyone. I'm not sure whether a continuance will, will accomplish that. From the permit holder's perspective, he did everything that was legally required from what I can tell to and and the, but the deficiency is on the consideration of the privacy issues and that's a problem that the process set up it didn't it to the extent that privacy can take, can be taken into account because of special and un, unusual circumstances that's something that the department in its expertise in getting the holders of the privacy interests and the permit holders together to try to resolve that and discuss it that's where it should be done I'm not sure how how uh, how the permit holder and the and the the neighbor engage on that issue, how they're supposed to resolve it. More significantly, for the for 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 the the Cardos and Bisney family, if we have all agree that views are not at issue, are they going to be part of this discussion going forward? Because and 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 is the permit holder supposed to say, 
I'm supposed to accommodate your view when I know there's no legal requirement to do so? Or does he say, sorry, neighbors down the block, you're not part of this discussion. The best way for this to be handled is by sending it back to, is, is to, I believe, to grant the appeal, send it back to the department, and have that issue, on the sole issue of privacy, to, to, to be resolved. Uh, that's, that's, where I, uh, that's where I am at this point. Uh, I, I, I hear my colleagues hoping that a continuance will enable all of the relevant parties to be able to work this out. I do believe they need the planning department's guidance as they have these discussions. So at least at a, at a minimum, I would hope that the planning department would offer its assistance uh, to help resolve some of these issues, and perhaps that would accommodate everyone. Um, thank you, Commissioner Trezvina. Uh, Mr. Teague, uh, if we continue this, uh, may we prey upon the, the planning department to please provide assistance and guidance and, and looking at alternatives so they're not doing it in a vacuum and, and they do have a facilitator in some fashion? Um, I mean, we are definitely happy to be kind of kept in the loop. I'm not sure to what extent, what formal role we would be able to play. I don't want to give a false sense of like what role you know we would we would have. Um, obviously, we are kind of a, a party in this situation with a position that we've taken. Um, so we're we're definitely there to help answer questions and if they want to bounce design ideas around and what would work and if it would require more process or have any code issues. 100% happy to be involved in that. I'd be hesitant to be too involved in kind of the specific negotiations or conversations between the neighbors. Yeah. I would, I would say that it would be satisfactory that you were available for questions. I would uh, suggest that you, it would be good posture to be available to interpret any legal issues. And I would also agree with you that you're not in the facilitation and negotiation uh, activity. So okay. uh, thank you for volunteering that uh, thank you. involvement. I just want you to answer your, your phone when they call. That's basically it. Is that... Does that satisfy some of your issues, Commissioner Trezvina? Well, th thank you, President. So it definitely satisfies some of them. I I wouldn't know if I was the, if I was uh, Mr. Carter's or Ms. Vizzy whether I'm I'm invited to this future discussion or not. I'm not I'm not saying that you can say that or not. I don't know. I I would I would suggest that it would be the will of this commission. Sorry for putting words in your mouth. I generally do anyway. Uh, that. Um, uh, that the project sponsor do some outreach to those citizens which have shown concern about this project. That would be a wise idea. Are they mandated to do that? No. Is it good manners? Yeah, it's really good manners. Will it promote community harmony? Yeah, it'll promote community harmony. Will they get? Will the the people being asked there to be involved get their their uh, concerns? Satisfied? I can't I can't say that. But at least pick up the phone, call your neighbor. You know, better than, you know, or letting it go to voicemail. Thank you. I think that's as best as we can do on that yeah. point. Commissioner, Thank you. you want to move forward to continuance? Um, and just mounted, I do. I do want to say that, um, uh, you know, I, I'm in my my other other nighttime activities and president of the neighborhood association. I always think it's important for projects to have good outreach with neighbors and for neighbors to be informed. I do want to make sure that. You know, if if I do make this motion to continue, that we all understand that we are dealing with an a permit for a deck that has an appellant 
And so when they come back to us um, at such time as to which we continue this, um, it will really be those issues that are before us and those issues that we need to focus on and the resolution of that as we you know, hear this again. Um, I'll ask the executive director, should we, should we ask the parties about uh, whether or not they'd be available, say perhaps on the 13th of September, since that seems to be open, or what are your thoughts on terms of, of timeline? Day. Could be earlier. I don't know how much time the parties I'm, need. I'm out of I'm out of state that that weekend, and I can't change my plans. Okay, September sixth. That week. S September sixth, you're gone. September sixth would be fine. Okay. How's the calendar? Okay. Uh, the architect said he needs said, to preserve his marriage. The architect said no. What about the twenty first no, or what? If it, um, if it, it, listen, it, the the one that is at risk of of manifest injustice is your, your, your the permit holder. So, uh, you tell us what's comfortable for you, and if we have space in the calendar, we'll put it there. If it's December sixteenth, you know it's uh, fine. It's a really, uh, it's an accommodation more to you because you're, you're being postponed here. Um, is that okay? Um, as to the week after the uh, one that I'm away, uh, the architect can't do it, but they're looking at their calendars for two weeks from the day you suggested when I'm away. If you hold on, they're checking. We have 6, 13, 27. Uh, you got 27? 27 is September 27. 27th? I'm waiting for the client's phone to come on. Apologies. No problem. It's fine. Uh, let's ask the appellant, are you available September 27th uh, to have further discussion? Will that allow you enough time, hopefully, to have a, uh, hopefully you guys, by September 27th, this being the beginning of August, will have enough time to have one or two conversations on the subject and also that the uh, permit holder might have the time to outreach to other neighbors. Okay, that's covered. Technology, isn't it wonderful? I remember I used to have a little black book, you know, just open it up. Oh, yeah, it's open. Yeah, the 27 works for us. Okay, thank well, you. Let's, let's do it to the 27th. Did we want to allow additional briefing? Uh, I think three minutes. Uh, I mean, three minutes right, to three address. Three minutes to address the board. Did you want them to one page statement on the. What, the the fruit, hopefully, of their discussion? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But limit to three, because it's really going to say, did the answer will be, uh, yes, we had a conversation. Yes, we've uh, we've made some changes. Yes, we had a conversation. No, we didn't make any okay, changes. Okay, so one page, yeah. one page statement. Okay, yeah. from each of the parties. Okay. So is someone making that motion? Uh, yes, I'll make that move. motion. Um, I move that we continue item number six to September 27th in order to allow the parties to confer and seek resolution to the matter. Okay, with input from the planning department. With input from the planning department. And an encouragement to the project sponsor to reach out to members of the public who express concerns at the hearing? Yes. Okay, so on that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trezvina? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. President Swig? Aye. That motion carries five to zero. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you on September 27th. Okay. Uh, one of the commissioners requests a bio break, so can we uh, come back at 715, please? Okay. Thank you for your patience. We're taking a short break.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
August 2nd, 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Board of Appeals. We are now on item 7A and 7B. 7A is appeal number 23-028, uh, Friends of the Mission Greenway versus Department of Building Inspection, subject property 931 Treat Avenue, appealing the issuance on June 2nd, 2023 to 17th and Peralta LLC of an alteration permit, demolish interior non-structural partitions, create new exit passageways and entry hall. This is permit number 2023-0413-5665. And appeal number 23-029, Friends of the Mission Greenway versus Department Building Inspection. Subject property is 933 Treat Avenue. Appealing the issuance on June 2nd, 2023 to 17th and Peralta LLC of an alteration permit. Demolish interior non-structural partitions. Remodel two existing restrooms. Add two new restrooms. Remodel existing kitchenette. Create new interior entry hall. This is permit number 2023-0413-5668. And... At the outset, President Swig. Sure, thank you very much. Um, this this board recognizes that this address and um, and a previous hearing and the activities surrounding everything created some has created some a lot of emotion in the community. Uh, a lot of people have feelings about this. Uh, unfortunately, this has resulted in a violent act at some point. Uh, we heard uh, another item on this uh, and. Uh, we uh, did our best to move it forward, um, and tonight uh, I very much would like the public uh, to recognize uh, those especially who are here to uh, do public comment that you recognize uh, that this is an interior renovation, has to do with bathrooms, has to do with internal spaces, it has nothing to do with uh, some of the items that we talked about in a previous hearing. It has nothing to do with some of the items that have appeared in the newspaper in, in, in public view. Um, this board did its best, and, you, and we commented on it earlier, to um, show pathways to resolve those, uh, those issues for the community. So those, those issues which are not 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 on the agenda tonight can be successfully resolved at some point. It's outside of our jurisdiction. So uh, I, I would ask that uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to restrict public comment because we do have an amendment that says free speech. Um, but I would ask tonight that uh, uh, folks here who are going to do public comment uh, that they restrict their commentary to uh, the permits which are under discussion tonight, which have to do with partitions, bathrooms, and internal situations, and uh, leave any of the things which are not pertinent to bathrooms, partitions, and other internal uh, items out of the conversation, please. Those will be resolved at some later point. It won't be resolved in this room. And, uh, and this, this board has done its best, to, again, to provide you the path to resolution on those other items. So uh, please, uh, I would ask uh, to stay focused with your comments on the items which are in the permit tonight. Thank you very, very much. Okay, thank you. We will now hear from the appellants. Since there are two appeals, uh, you have 14 minutes. Mission Greenway.
Thank you. My name is Lara Hanna, and I'm here to talk about the permit applications and correlating building plans of Alex Menendez, co-owner of internet company Monkey Brains, co-owner of an LLC called Another Corporate ISP, and a real estate LLC called 17th and Peralta. Alex Menendez and Rudy Rucker purchased a warehouse on Treat Avenue in February of this year through their real estate LLC and have received permits to renovate it. I wanted, I'm here to share with you that the permit holder which is the real estate LLC, filled out an incomplete, dishonest permit application and that the permit sh should be revoked or at the very least reevaluated re with inclusion of the planning department. The planning department should have been consulted regarding this business's use of loading and parking because this use is designated on their building plans, yet the planning department was deliberately kept out of this application. I find this a form of fraud, and as such, I find these permits incorrectly issued. The full intention of permit holders' land use plans designated on their submitted building plans should be reviewed and either approved or denied, not merely, they should not be merely be able to merely list the uses and renovations that they find agreeable and safe to share with the various city departments who look at permit applications. I will explain my argument below. Since we heard, since we heard from a friend in mid-January that Monkey Brains was trying to purchase this warehouse and were planning to park their fleets, this is a quote, to park their fleet on the adjacent parcel, we as the community that this business is moving into, and as the community concerned about this parcel for a very long time have been trying to get a clear understanding of their intentions. This adjacent parcel is an abandoned railroad right-of-way that lacks recorded ownership, a half-acre lot, roughly 25,000 square feet between Treat Avenue and 22nd Street in the Mission District. It also lacks recorded easements. It's nicknamed Parcel 36 after its lot number, and I will refer to it by that name or by the word lot. We most clearly learned what permit holders' intentions are through various media articles in which they state to want to load, unload, and park overnight. In their building plans for these two permits that we are discussing today, they designate the parcel as their loading area. However, the department that oversees, reviews, and approves land use, the planning department, has not reviewed these permit applications because the land use intent was omitted from the permit applications. The planning department's enforcement homepage lists in their introduction to the public, a few common examples of violations. I quote, construction demolition, landscaping maintenance, building misuse, and inappropriate parking. A permit holder can hit the checkbox for most, if not all, of these. They've used a bobcat to excavate, they've built a mold into the ground in which they poured concrete, and they have started using the parcel as a parking lot for their vehicles, as I've shown in the submitted exhibits. Parking and loading are interchangeable uses as far as vehicle use is concerned. Loading happens onto a vehicle for which the vehicle needs to be parked. Parking needs to exist for loading to happen. There's no loading without parking, and as such, a loading area is also in use as a parking lot. Even if per permit holder goes against their public statements of intending to use the lot as a place for permanent parking, using it as a loading area would still require them to park. I use these terms together and I believe they should be seen as such. Since permit holder designates the parcel as their loading area on their plans, they are des designating it as their parking area as well. Parcel 36 is labeled as their quote-unquote loading area in their building plans. Permit holder is expecting to be able to turn a property which they hold, hold no legal rights over into their loading and parking area without any legislative procedure whatsoever. 
As far as we know, and as these two permit applications point out, permit holder has failed to propose their desired use of this lot to any department. We assume this is due to the fact that they do not own this lot nor have any other recorded property rights to it. Permit holder continues to believe that they do not need any approval, that they can operate outside of rules and regulations and start operating a loading and parking area next to their warehouse. They still do not even acknowledge in their submitted brief to the board that this is their publicly stated intention. I read an ambiguous, quote, need for loading, end quote, on page six, and that they find it an, quote, appropriate, end quote, use for their building. What I'm reading here is that this use is deemed as some kind of automatic right that comes with their warehouse. And stating a supposed need is in their eyes sufficient to ignore the city's rules and regulations regarding land use authorization. I wonder why this need for more land exists. As I've stated in my brief, and as a public commenter wrote, that permit holder's warehouse has two tall roll-up garage doors in the front, much larger than the doors that exist in the back that only fit a person, not a vehicle. Plus, their new headquarters is also more than six times bigger than their current location. It seems that using the garage doors and the security of the interior of the warehouse makes much more sense than loading outside on an adjacent property. I'm also wondering how their insurance company thinks about them using property they do not own for their business operations. Permit holder boasts about these loading doors supposedly as old as the warehouse itself. I doubt that these were approved doors as the owner of the property to which these doors opened to, the John Center Company, dissolved in the 1930s and the warehouse was built in the 1950s. I doubt planning approval was ever sought for these exterior doors. Permit holder has blatantly stated in the media to expect to start using this parcel the way they deem fit, even pouring a concrete encroachment, humorously calling it their easement landscaping to Mission Local. They do not have an easement, and if they did, a judge would not grant easement rights that include pouring concrete or building walls. An easement is narrow in scope and location, meaning a recorded easement is defined to accommodate just the legally granted purpose and would not even grant extra space to do any quote-unquote landscaping. Monkey Brains' misuse of this legal term is evident as they assert their rights over any portion of parcel 36 that they desire. They masquerade this fraudulent usage of legal terminology by claiming whatever section of this vacant lot they wish to occupy as their supposed easement. This fraudulent use of legal language is most obvious in the fact that permit holder desires an entire chunk of this parcel that was historically not even used by their predecessors. Thus, they would not even be granted or recorded easement over this area. If they tr even if they tried, because the tenants who occupied the warehouse before them for several decades used the other entrance, not the 22nd Street entrance. Despite lack of historic use, permit holders started pouring concrete along their 22nd Street neighbor's workshop, the Atlas Stair Building, and are also still clinging to their monster lock on 22nd Street on the 22nd Street gates. These actions suggest a persistent and aggressive effort to claim this space, even though there's no historical basis or rightful ownership for this desired area. They've taken the law into their own hands by choosing randomly where their self-proclaimed easement starts and ends and have lied to the police about having an easement in order to, to, in order to create a false paper trail to try to bolster these imaginary rights. Their behavior is a corruption of law and of the concept of property rights. A self-proclaimed easement over a self-proclaimed chunk of land does not grant you property rights, yet permit holder is desperately pushing this false narrative to the media, to the police, to city legislators, and to our supervisor. 
we as pedestrians could just as well state historic use and easement right, as we could start saying that measured by historic weight, our easement would outweigh theirs because the public has used the parcel as a pedestrian path since its inception in the 1860s. <clears throat> People used this lot when it was a railway transportation route to San Jose, walking alongside the tracks before businesses and cars used this lot, before cars even existed. The public has been trying to get clarity on this dubious property for decades, and last year we, we reached a point where we put down planter boxes in order to make a statement that the, neglected, that the neglect of city officials and the pretended ownership from adjacent businesses had gone far enough. We had not gotten any coherent explanation from the assessor's office last year who decided in 2017 to finally assess the parcel after it sat untaxed for a decade. It was transferred by the state to the county for tax purposes in 2007. The assessment in 2017 likely happened after pressure from the community. Of course, what happened next is that the assessor's office started sending tax bills to a company that had dissolved almost 100 years prior. This should not have happened, yet this, the assessor's office seems immune to the mess it has created after a decade of inaction. Permit holder calls this issue an irrelevant and false narrative in his brief. Understandably, because they seek to profit from this non-ownership, as we have seen obvious moves of theirs, implying a strategy to take ownership of this valuable property over time by paying five years of back taxes, by creating building, by building encroachments, by trying to install a private gate, and more. We seek help from the board and all relevant agencies in order to prevent unauthorized loading and parking by an adjacent business for all the reasons stated above, Plus, it is a safety concern to the public, something I've barely touched upon here, but discussed extensively in our brief. There are also planning code violation complaints in process regarding various adjacent property owners, including Monkey Brains, and their unauthorized parking. And we are curious if the planning department is able to shed light on those investigations as well. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Are you finished? Okay. Yes. There are no questions at this time. You can be seated. Thank you. We will now hear from the permit holder. Thank you. Good evening, President Swig, Vice President Lopez, Commissioners Trasvina, Lemberg, and Epler. Um, as was mentioned, this permit is an interior renovations permit, has nothing to do with the outside of the building. Absolutely no work will be done outside of the uh, interior walls of this building. Um, when, when I look at the uh, appellant's brief, I see the mention of loading as being the issue. Uh, so I'd like to point out that in 2006, a, a recorded survey was done um, specifying some structures outside of our building as a... As a overhead, please. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I'm just trying to get the overhead for you. Right, Please, no go ahead. Yes, so a, sur a recorded survey in 2006 recorded structures outside the, um, the walls of our building as uh, loading, using the term loading, um, which is part of the documents that our architect consulted when uh, creating plans for this building. This building's plans were created from a combination of public documents and some as-builts of interior wall measurements that the architect did. So even, even if we take the term loading is the issue, which is, again, completely outside of this permit. It is just purely what the architect labeled the area outside the building. She's most likely consulting these documents um, to do that. 
Um, the other point that I wanted to make on the use of the term loading is um, in the complaint, there was a complaint, there were several actually, but one of the complaints um, made were about the loading doors at the back of our building. So complainant in this case, with very similar language to brief of appellant, said that the loading doors in the back of our building were, were done illegally and uh, were done post facto to the building. Um, an inspector from DBI came out to the location, inspected the doors and said, much to you know, what we believed, that the openings had um, chamfered edges, which is a term for slightly you know, beveled, but in a linear fashion, uh, as did all the other openings in the building. So all the windows, all the doors, the front doors, the front windows, all had this concrete profile. Um, so at that point, the DBI inspector uh, determined that the loading doors at the back of the building were indeed um, there at the inception of the building. But more interesting in the complaint is the use of the word loading. Complaint used loading, inspector used loading, our, our architect uses loading, we use the term loading. So again, as we stated in our brief, we believe even though this is not about the permit, we believe that the term loading is accurate um, as related to this building. Um, other comments to be made is also about the, the use of loading in a UMU zone. So our building is um, in, a U, in a UMU zone, which can be seen in this, this slide here, um, which allows things, um, different types of activity, one of them being PDR, which is what our building is, or sorry, our use is. It's a production, distribution, and repair. Uh, things like warehousing fit into that description. The uh, building code for our building is an S2, which is a, or is it S2 or S1? I think it's S1. I'd have to ask planning, but it's a non-combustible uh, materials warehousing. Um, and that is consistent with loading activities. More importantly, um, UMU in particular is a protected by Project X in the sense that the city wants these types of, of uses in these zones. They, they want to protect them. If we remove this use from this zone, we would have to create an equivalent space somewhere else in the city. This is an important thing that we provide and that this building provides for us and will for the community. Partially because you know, PDR is considered a way to diversify an economy, the city's economy, and keep us uh, not dependent on, let's say, a mono economy that can leave the city at any moment and leave all the social programs and other things dependent on those businesses without funding. We believe that what we do is important. It brings blue collar jobs. It is protected by the city as, as uh, specified by Proposition X that the voters agreed to and to, or voted for in 2016. And we are looking for the board tonight to help us do our job in this building that's zoned correctly for our use and for the value that we provide to the community, which again is jobs, an essential service, and adding to this balance that is a UMU zone, urban mixed use, residential, small business, working together, stabilizing our economy. As far as the community, everyone deserves their community. Appellant deserves our community.
But there are a lot of communities. That is but one community. There's also a small business community, a community of, of a Latin community, LGBTQ plus community. There's a lot of communities. And we represent one of those and help all of those. Uh, Rudy, would you like to add some yeah. more? Hi, uh, my name is Rudy Rucker. I'm one of the co-owners of Monkey Brains. Good evening, commissioners. Thank you for being here. Uh, here, I got this. Um, yeah, uh, we started this building, this business 25 years ago. We're, a, we're an LBE, a registered LBE in San Francisco. We're a legacy business. We're a small business. We provide jobs. We provide uh, low-cost internet in the community. We provide free internet in many low-income housing projects in San Francisco. And um, yeah, we, we, like Alex said, we provide blue-collar jobs, not just tech jobs, but they're um, jobs that require a little bit more than some of the other trades, and we do a lot of training within our organization, and we're very proud of that. And um, uh, one of the things we do is like run 401k. We were trying to work on that today. That's uh, something we were working on, but then we stopped that because we had to think about this, uh, about this meeting here before the board. Um, the, uh, the Friends of the Mission Greenway have been abusing the levers of government. They've been harassing us for quite a while now. And uh, I'll slide here. This, uh, <clears throat> this permit here that's being appealed is not the only time they've made complaints uh, about our building and the neighboring buildings. They're, they have over a dozen complaints with DBI, and I'm hoping that uh, DBI can speak to that. Um, uh, the other day I was walking down Valencia Street with one of my children, and we were uh, walking along, and someone handed her the BOA letter that you guys wrote, um, and uh, uh, was encouraging my kid to come to uh, this meeting here. And so, I'm gonna. I want to. I want to review this letter here. There's some inaccuracies in it, and I, I want to. I mentioned it in an email that was not um, uh, read at the last POA meeting when this. Um, uh, the letter was written, and I just want to point out a couple of facts. Uh, so there were some parts of this letter that I agree with. It was well written. Uh, there was um, uh, the idea that the permit was issued in error. We're going to remedy that. Um, we're confident that uh, the uh, the gate is ours. The, um, the gate was permitted by the former owner of our building, and when we got the building, we got the gate. That's sort of how it works. DBI found the permit from 1981, the very first meeting during the gate, um, there was uh, talk about how maybe the gate was never permitted, maybe it shouldn't be there. And these, these sort of thoughts that the board presented created an, and emboldened the, the, the Greenway. And, um, and uh, all that escalated to violence. There's a, a note here about the monster lock that Lars mentioned. We call it big lock, not monster lock. And, um, yeah, you guys didn't want things to escalate to violence, and, and it has. But it's more than just a violence. It's like the continuous harassment that we're having to endure our business. And uh, this, this paragraph is a little, bit, a little bit long. But basically, it talks about how it's been used for a public railway for a long time. It's been used for, the, the lot has been used for loading and PDR activities for 70 years. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going with the flow here. Okay. So they're, they're, 
this group is abusing the levers of government. They're doing complaints, they're coming here, they're getting decisions made by the board, and then they're using that as propaganda to sort of get people excited about uh, fighting us. They decided that they were gonna fight any building, anyone who bought the building, it's not just us. So um, they had meetings before we even put in an offer on the building that they're gonna battle whatever business bought that building and they're gonna bring it before the board and try to stop them from moving in there. Their goal is to run up our bill so much that we wanna leave. We're not gonna leave. But here are some of the things that they've done. They've uh, defamed our business, they've assaulted me, they've uh, committed vandalism, they solicit neighbors to vandalize property, they pull in neighbors to tell like, hey, don't you wanna hit this with sledgehammer on the concrete, and then they jump in. Um, uh, yeah, they steal water from Reckon Park, they steal water from the fire hydrants. I heard uh, Com uh, President Commissioner Swig, I heard you talking about the rule of law earlier and about following some laws. We're following the laws, we're getting permits. Um, just a, a couple of weeks ago, or yeah, about two weeks ago, a Prius rammed into the, one of the fences and slammed into it. That hasn't been in the news yet, so you'll be hearing about that probably soon. And um, damaged the fence, and we had to pay, pay to get that repaired. So let's see, there's a, here's the, late, the latest sort of action on the activist, agitator, guerrilla gardener group there taking their Prius and ramming it into the fence. And, uh, and I, don't know, I don't know what their end game is. It's, 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 it's very questionable. I think they're trying to drive us out. That's what it sounds like. Um, there's police reports, you know, vandalism, assault, all this bullshit we're having to deal with, right? Here's uh, Elizabeth Creeley giving me a punch. You know, I, uh, it's, the group was, wanted to do this all along. And I think that the BOA emboldened them. And you, you guys need to step up here and sort of help put an end to this. It's, uh, you know, before, before I uh, uh, flipped the phone and then Elizabeth uh, Creeley socked me, there's, she was shoving me. She was knocking chips out of my hands, Cheetos. And uh, there are four people with their cameras all around me trying to get me to react. They're trying to turn this into some sort of social media event. Their community is primarily a small group of people on the internet. There's like maybe six or seven people in the neighborhood, and then there's this larger sort of community that is still valid. We, we provide internet. We're not against these virtual communities, but they're, they're using these cameras and never having discussions with us. I'm like, put your camera down, let's have a talk. And they're like, no, you're talking to the community by talking to this camera. It's like, they, it's, it's been impossible to talk with them, so please don't ask us to mediate with them. On May 25th, they sent an email to us at 4 p.m. saying, hey, let's mediate, we'll go to the community boards. Two hours later, Laura Hanna and Kira Powers are out there with sledgehammers slamming the work that I had done all day long. Me and a day laborer from Cesar Chavez, actually 25th Street, we, d we dug a little area, built the form for our concrete for our planners, and uh, yeah, you don't need a permit for that, we checked. And um, <laughs> it's a, uh, we are setting up a little area to make it look better for Carnival. We uh, gave our space to the Carnival organizers so that they could, um, park their cars and prep for, the, prep for the event there. So I think we're done. Do you have anything else to add, Alex? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, again, uh, Ru Rudy is, you know, 
being a more integral part of this, so I'm, I definitely have taken a little less of the of the of the brunt in some ways. Um, and um, apologies to the board if we seem a little emotional tonight, but this has been a, a long haul, and we feel like we are doing our best to be above board, lawful, getting permits. We are we're working with city uh, oversight. We're working with you, listening to your suggestions. You guys said this was a civil matter, and we're getting organized to to settle this in a civil matter. And we're doing our, our, our darndest to be above board and to do good by the community and, and by you all as well. So that's, that's all we have. Thank you. We have a question from President Swig. Okay. <clears throat> as I said before this, I'm, uh, I'm not going to pick on you. I've just got to say what I've got to say. I said before um, uh, that I am really sorry you you guys are going through this. I am very sympathetic that you guys are going through this. There is unlawful behavior. It's clear. This is not the forum. We're not going to hear this. Okay? So, I have to ask a question after I make that statement. Do you have any commentary related to the the permit, which is to demolish the interior non-structural partitions and create new exit passageways and entry hall. Do you have any comment or information or, or otherwise that might enhance our ability to make a decision on this item related to demolish interior non-structural partitions, remodel two existing restrooms, add two new restrooms, remodel existing kitchenette, and create a new interior entry hall. Um, thank you for your concern, um, President Commissioner uh, Swig. I, um, so do you, do you have any comment? Or, uh, Mr. Yes, Menendez yes, gave, yes or no? Mis, uh, yes, we do. Okay. Our, our, Mr. Menendez gave our comment, and our understanding the only thing being challenged is the word loading dock, and there is no other challenge. Is, is that correct? That's fine. Okay. Okay. Now, thank you very much. Now... I'm going to ask the, the same question in advance of the appellant. I would ask the appellant, do you have any comments ad nauseum verbatim of what I just said? And I would ask, because I'm making it fair, that the appellant limit their commentary or only provide commentary. I'm going to ask them, do you have any commentary related to verbatim what I just said? If you don't have anything to say about demolish interior non-structural partitions, great new passageways, entry halls, demolish non-structural partitions, remodel two restrooms, add two restrooms, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Well, so then final comment. So uh, let's, let's all, do you have any comments on the permit at hand tonight? And I'm going to ask the same redundantly to the appellant. I, I understand. Other than what we said about the, um, the fact that it's all interior work and that we believe that this uh, label that has nothing to do with the permit is not only inconsequential but even accurate, that's about it. Great. And when the public comes up, please limit your comments to what I just said, because we can't do anything about it here, folks. Understood. Bathrooms, interior part, that's all we can do about tonight. Okay, guys? Okay. Uh, just want to 
try to move this along in a constructive fashion, okay? Understood. Politics don't apply here, City okay? Uh, police issues don't apply here. We're into bathrooms and interior structures tonight, okay? okay. Thank you very much. Just for clarity. Thank you very much. I had to use that that's you conveniently as that segue. Sorry for doing that. Okay. You take no worries. Me. Understood. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We will now hear from the planning department. You have 14 minutes. Okay, good evening again, President Swig, Commissioners, Corey T. for the Planning Department. Um, I will be fairly brief. Uh, these two permits were um, not reviewed by the Planning Department. They were not required to be reviewed by the Planning Department. The scope of work was such that it did not trigger uh, Planning Department review. So as such, we, um, the, the Department did not review them or sign off on them. Um, Having looked at them through this appeal process, that appears to have been appropriate. This was a scope of work that is uh, very minimal and interior in a non-residential building that typically you know, does not have any issue that triggers any planning code uh, review. Um, obviously, there are issues that are being discussed beyond this. I, I can say that, uh, that there are you know, ongoing complaints that have been filed for these properties and surrounding properties related to a bunch of these issues. Um, DBI has already had complaints filed and had gone through their process. We are in the process, our standard kind of investigation process for the complaints that have been filed for the subject properties and surrounding properties. Um, that process will play out. There is a chance that we might be back before you again in the future on other issues through different actions um, that are taken relative to those issues, but just speaking very specifically to um, the permit today, um, again, did not require planning commission review. You know, the, the permit holder's comments about this being in a UMU zoning district, um, that's accurate. It's also not entirely relevant to the actual permit itself and the scope of work, but I'm available for any questions you may have. Commissioner Trezvina. Thank you for your presentation. Uh, does the, or did the indication of a loading dock on the plan have any impact on the decision to approve the plan for a kitchen or for a bathroom? Not for the planning department if we were to review this in its existing context with the kind of um, industrial base use that's there. Well, somebody, somebody reviewed a document that had loading on it, correct? Sure, the plans show the existing loading, um, loading door, the garage door at the rear. And does the existence of that on that document have any bearing on the decision that was made by the department? Well, again, the planning department never made a decision because it didn't come to us for review. Um, if it had, a, would, if it would have been required to come to us for review, I don't believe that would have made any okay. impact on well, the planning department's review. The, well, then the decision maker. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to find find out if there's any relevance to this loading mentioned sure. on the document to why we're here. Sure, and my colleague DBI may be able to address that more specifically because they did review this and, and approve the permit. Again, we, no one from planning ever saw this per, the, either of these permits because the scopes of work that trigger what gets routed to planning just didn't meet those requirements. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Lemberg. Uh, thank you, Mr. Teague. Um, I, I know your uh, expertise is limited to planning, so I'm going to stick it with that. Um, 
The other work that the appellants have described, while not part of this appeal tonight, um, that the uh, permit holders mentioned that they hired a day laborer for and said they didn't need a permit for, which is the excavation work in the back. Would that work trigger planning review in any way? I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't reviewed all of that reference to other work in detail. So there was reference to excavation work on the subject property um, within the within the building. Was that? Um, I, I, I mean, yeah. it appeared to be outside the building. Outside, not, not with not inside the building. My understanding is that the subject properties are completely covered by the buildings, and so anything outside of the property may be on this adjacent property that's in dispute to some degree. But the question of just generally speaking, does excavation require a permit? Um, typically, um, in those cases where you're only doing excavation or doing excavation and very minimal work, it depends on kind of the details of what you're doing and how much you're excavating. Typically, the excavation itself is more of a potential CEQA issue, um, as you can imagine from an environmental review perspective. If you're excavating a certain amount of cubic feet or certain depths, you may trigger additional CEQA review. Um, it's, whether or not it's going to trigger anything under the planning code is going to be very specific to the nature of the proposal. I appreciate your answer. And uh, Mr. Birmingham, I will be asking you the same question. I appreciate it. Thank you. Vice President Lopez. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so we heard testimony from the permit holder uh, with uh, a statement about the weaponization of DBI, um, and then uh, w which, which made me, what kind of, you know, rang a bell in my mind uh, when you mentioned uh, a number of complaints related to the, the subject property, neighboring properties uh, before planning. And, and I guess my question is without, obviously, these are all unverified uh, statements, um, as far as I can tell from the permit holder. But, but my, I guess my question is with respect to planning, if you're, if you're starting to get a lot of complaints about a property, about uh, you know, neighboring properties, how is that handled within the department? If, um, you know, is that something that gets assigned to kind of the same team or you know, are there efficiencies to be gained that way or, or, or what's that process like? Yeah, sure. Um, so we have one, we have a code enforcement team um, and typically, if we do have enforcement cases that are on the same or adjacent parcels, and there's obviously a connection, a thematic connection, we'll often assign those to one individual planner because there's an efficiency there to kind of be, to have that understanding there. I do want to be clear. Um, I want to make sure it's not clear. I, I, we have not received, like, an abundance of complaints, right? We're not being overflowed, but we have received... Um, at least a complaint about each of these two subject properties here, as well as related to the um, um, the kind of adjacent property in question, the lot 36. So it hasn't been kind of an overwhelming number of complaints, but it has been complaints. And we do have, um, I believe, one pl uh, enforcement planner in particular who's assigned to, to all of those. And we've kind of just only begun to start that process of looking into all the relevant information. Uh, thank you. Okay, thank you. No further thank questions. You. We'll now hear from the Department of Building Inspection. Good evening, President Swig, members of the Commission. I am Kevin Birmingham for DBI. Um, as far as we're concerned, this is an internal 
TI, these are internal non-structural walls that are being demolished and some spaces reconfigured. They're adding two ADA bathrooms downstairs and two ADA bathrooms upstairs and some path of travel issues. Uh, everything was properly reviewed and the permit was issued properly, we believe. As to your complaints, I've been, I've been looking through them. Pretty much they're all closed. The one you were talking about, the excavation in the back, that's considered not part of their property. It was referred to DPW and DPW deal with that, not DBI, because it was outside the property domain. So, any other questions? Commissioner Trisvenia? Oh, just to let you know also, there is no work being done in the area at the rear on those loading doors. There is no work in that area. Pretty minimal amount of work in the back. So I'll, I'll ask the question I asked Mr. Teague, and that is, does the fact that it says loading dock or loading area on that plan have any, did that have any influence or impact on the decision that was made to approve the kitchen and bathrooms? No, none whatsoever. Thank you. Commissioner Lemberg? Uh, just a brief follow-up question. Do, do we know anything from the result of the DPW referral? Uh, or? No, we don't have access to their okay. complaint tracking system. Just wanted to make sure, thank you. Vice President Lopez? Yes, yeah, similar question to what I asked uh, Mr. Teague. How does DBI handle uh, repeat complaints or voluminous complaints related to uh, well, properties same, and neighboring properties? Yeah, the same inspector did most of these inspections. If it did come to DBI, it was also then referred to code enforcement. Uh, Jimmy Guami handled almost all of the complaints, so he was very familiar with the property, did a, little, a lot of research on it, and was very familiar. So. You know, it was the, more or less the same individual most of the time. Thank you. Thank you. I don't see any further questions at this time. All right. Thank you. Uh, how many people are here for public comment? Please raise your hand. Okay. And President Swig, we have 21 people in the queue. Do you want to limit public comment? Okay, so we're moving on to public comment and the speakers are limited to two minutes given that it's eight o'clock and we have a high volume. So please line up against the wall and after you're done speaking, fill out a speaker card and hand it to Alec. That way we can uh, be orderly and keep track of all the speakers. So uh, the first speaker, please come forward. And you could fill that out after you're done, thanks. Uh, good evening, commissioners, and I will try to be exceedingly brief. My name is Paul Wormer, and I believe that there is an issue with the fact that the permit has plans that list loading dock. And this gets into a documentation trail. You see them cite something from 2006 saying it's a loading dock. Uh, I've run into this problem uh, at front of this board many years ago with plans from a neighboring property where things were taken as real because they were on the plan, which was for something else. Um, that by having that document, that word loading dock on there, and the permit going through with that, that is easily used as a basis for a future claim that, oh yes, it's been recognized. That's number one. Uh, number two is again, possession is nine tenths of the law. And what I see is through actions like this, implying the loading exists in one permit, 
is setting a stage, an argument that can say, hey, look, we've got this. This is loading dock. It's been used for that. It's part of the property. So obviously, we have rights to this land. And that concerns me. And I would ask, perhaps, a note making clear that this loading dock is contested and the, the, the right is not established might be very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. And maybe the speaker behind her, if you can come up and grab a speaker card and just fill it out while she's speaking, and then same with the next speaker, just so we can move along. Thank you. Hi, my name is Lynn. I want to apologize to you, President Swig, for stepping outside the guardrails of what he asked for comment. Totally understand. Um, this, is, this is just a political statement. Um, so I want to speak up in support of the Greenway. Um, I recently had a discussion with a supporter of the private parking lot last Sunday who told me about about Sunday streets. He waxed effusive about how wonderful an event it was and encouraged me to go out and attend. We all love Sunday streets. It's a great space and event for the community to gather and enjoy. The reason Sunday streets are so great, no cars. Moving traffic is obviously a buzzkill in more ways than one, but uh, with the exception of tailgates, parking lots aren't happening places either. If we want more events like Sunday streets, if we want more places for the community to gather, if we want to revitalize our neighborhood, we need more space for people, not cars. Thank you. Thank you. And if you could move forward and start filling out the speaker card, thanks. Please go ahead. Hello, um, I'm here to support the Mission Greenway and support our urban sacred spaces. Um, I'm a community member, have been for a very long time, and. This is one of the, it's a unique space that um, I haven't seen show up in a neighborhood such as this in a long time, and Cal uh, San Francisco's culture needs it um, to thrive. We need to be able to come together and um, be in community, and it's a neighborhood of families, and we're doing something really beautiful here, creating urban gardens and a space for people to come together, so that's all. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next speaker. You can move forward and fill out the, oh, you're great. So. Good evening. Um, I'd like to respond to the accusation and permit holders brief that appellants are improperly using the appeals process, as well as the board's request that comments be only about the interior renovations. And I politely but urgently request that you do listen to what I'm about to say. If not now, when? If not by this process, how? A letter has already been graciously written by this body to the city supervisors, but no significant action has been taken. Monkey Brains has already poured a permanent slab of concrete onto parcel 36, and they did so without any permit or authorization. They also ignored this board's April decision revoking their gate permit and has installed a big or monster lock um, on that gate. It is clear that Monkey Brains intends to do what it wants with the space, regardless of whether it has a permit or not. Time is of the essence to put a stop to this malicious behavior, and the people are reaching out in every way possible to a city government that has failed them for decades by neglecting this parcel and allowing it to become an empty gravel lot that a corporation can take advantage of. I hope that this board can see that Monkey Brains is attempting to use its power as a corporation to take this land into their own hands without paying a fair price. I strongly recommend that this board use the full extent of its discretion to revoke this permit as a way to reprimand Monkey Brains for its dishonest and harmful actions. 
In my letter of support for this appeal, I wrote about, I wrote about many of the benefits a community food garden can have on a neighborhood's physical and mental well-being, and that one in this neighborhood can help combat many years of environmental racism. I should have also written that when people garden together, the community building that occurs has positive impacts that even the best statisticians can't calculate. I can personally attest to this. When I was living in Tallahassee, Florida, I became close with a group who turned a dilapidated urban lot into a food garden in a neighborhood where many transient and unhoused folks reside. The food grown there all went to local food pantries and community drop-off points to be handed out for free. Seeing there the reciprocity and free exchanges of food, art, music, and good company thank, thank you, between people of incredibly diverse okay. backgrounds thank inspired you. me in ways that I've yet to find the words to express. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, I am Mike Lopez, a resident of the mission. Uh, first to start, I think that monkey brains permit is mostly correct, and they should be allowed to build uh, what they're requesting to do, which is all the work inside the building. Uh, the permit, however, I think does have the issue of the labeling inside parcel 36. Uh, this labeling issue could be relevant if there is ever a case of, let's say, adverse possession for this parcel. Uh, as a neighbor, I think that this risk is something that should be minimized. My interest with parcel 36 is that eventually it's owned by the city, or it's owned by, as, as part of the community, an eventual adverse possession could negate this, this process. My hope is that uh, here this body can fix the permit so that no labeling is done inside par parcel 36, and parcel 36 is only labeled as parcel 36. Ultimately, parcel 36 should be labeled clearly as only that, so that its fate can be decided through a community in the future. Uh, everything else with the permit seems perfectly fine to me. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Devin, and I work for Monkey Brains. I have for quite a while, since 2012. Um, I just want to attest that they're a solid company providing a solid service to everyday folks. Um, I've been in a lot of people's homes in San Francisco, and I always do my best to make the best situation for them. Um, I'd like to see operations continue to get better and more efficient and moving into this building that they purchased would help us achieve that. So I'd just like to see the uh, building continue inside. All right, thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. My name is Lawrence Buckbito. Um, I'm mostly showing up because I'm actually named in this appeal for some reason. Although I have nothing to do with ADA bathrooms or you know proper fire exits, uh, I do totally support that Monkey Brains should create those in their building for their workers. And thank you very much. Thank you. Good evening, thank you commissioners. My name is Heather Lubeck and I'm a founding co-director of Mission Kids, which is the preschool that borders parcel 36. As I've shared here before, we are a city funded program and we serve a majority of low and moderate income families. Over 75% of our families receive tuition subsidies, the majority attend for free, and we work very, very hard to be responsible stewards of city funds. We're grateful for the board's concerns and appreciate your past efforts to resolve this complicated situation. As the board considers this and any future matters regarding Parcel 36, we respectfully request that it take extra care to avoid actions that embolden Mission Greenway's illegal behavior. Unfortunately, Mission Greenway has twisted the board's past 
decisions in ways that have resulted in continued harassment of our staff and families, violence, property destruction, and have had a direct negative impact on those of us who live and work near Parcel 36. Past board decisions have further emboldened the Greenway agitators to continue to selectively follow the rules by abusing the city appeals process as a free propaganda tool while continuing their illegal activities directly adjacent to the very young children and families that we serve. Uh, we support monkey bearings and we ask that you oppose this appeal as legitimizing the appellant's weaponizing of city departments um, is because of their uh, weaponizing of city departments, it's endangering the young children and their families as they access essential service of childcare. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hello, my name is Jay Martin. I'm one of the members of the Friends of the Mission Greenway, and I have the um, honor to be one of the people named. I'm sorry, um, sir, you're the president of Mission Greenway? No, 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 I'm just a member. No, oh, I'm member. sorry, I'm sorry, just okay. a member. But I do have the honor of being named on their rap sheet. Uh, I do believe I would have known if I was charged or convicted or paid a fine for any of those things, and I've not been. But I'll go back to the basic issue. Uh, I, I'm sure this has occurred to one of you already, but I will suggest it. If this is an interior renovation, then please use your broad discretion to remove any exterior detail from the plans. I think that would remove the issue here. What we are big picture worried about is that things that happen on this parcel are just being determined by the people who work next door. And no matter how fine those businesses are, it's important that the decisions about what happened on the parcel be a matter of public discussion and not just private action. That's the big picture thing. And the history is that the businesses around there just keep building on little things that have been going before. Like their loading dock that is there is not on land that they own. It's on parcel 36. So to claim that because there's a loading dock they can do some loading, that's starting to stretch things. And so I would say just to calm this down, resolve this at this point, remove exterior details from these plans. I guess also check that they're, they're not planning a new exit uh, somehow. That back exit is really peculiar. It's kind of high. It was designed completely for a railroad car to pull up and be unloaded through a door. The railroad car stopped a long time ago. If they want to do something new there, fine. But they must seek seconds. approval for it. They can't just assume what's going to happen. Um, give me a moment, see if there's anything else I wanted to say. Uh, no, I think that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hello, thank you. Hi, I'm, uh, my name is Mason Carroll. I'm lead engineer at Monkey Brains. I've been working for Monkey Brains for about 12 years now. One of the most uh, rewarding roles I have uh, working at Monkey Brains is our project providing free internet for the community. Um, we don't talk about it a lot, but um, at issue in this whole thing is like, you know, how much people do for the community. Monkey Brains has deep roots in the mission. I'm gonna list off, um, Monkey Brains provides 100% free internet for over 50 low-income housing projects, every single resident gets free internet. That's over 5,000 residents of San Francisco. We've been recognized by the Board of Supervisors, the Mayor's Office of Housing for this work. So I'm just gonna start with the Mission District alone. Alamany projects, every single resident, 151 units, 100% free internet for the last seven years. Um, another one in the Mission. Bernal Dwellings, 160 units, 100% free internet. Um, um, Holly Courts in Bernal Heights, 120 units of free internet. Um, Antonia Minor and Tenderloin, 134 units, 100% free internet. Arnett Washington Apartments, 83 units, 100% free internet. 
Um, Broadway Cove Homeless Navigation Center, 100% free internet. BNSF Bayview Navigation Center, 100% free internet, every single resident. Tenderloin um, Family Housing, 175 units of free internet. Valencia Gardens, 260 units, 100% free internet. 30 um, West Hotel, um, 104 units, 100% free internet. Westbrook Apartments, 226 units, 100% free internet. Westside Courts, 136 units, 100% free internet to every single resident. Willie B. Kennedy Apartments, 98 units, 100% free internet, every single unit, over five years. Um, Ritz Hotel, 60, 68 units, 100% free internet. Mosaica Mission District, 93 units of free Thank internet. Thank you, that's time. Okay. Um, Thank it's you, been sir. the honor of my career, Monkey Brains. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hi, um, I'm a mom that has raised three kids in the Mission District. I grew up literally right there every day after school. I was right there at 21st and Treat. If I wasn't at my parents' work at 21st and Treat, I was at the at Garfield, at the Mission Library, at Community Music Center. And um, I've always loved the way the Mission finds a way to work together. And um, I appreciate a lot what Monkey Brains has done. It's huge to provide free internet, I know raising kids, and the same with um, mission kids. I know people whose kids go there. Um, I couldn't have never raised my kids without free daycare. Um, but I also just want to point out the Greenway is located in a place that's surrounded by schools. Uh, Moscone's right there. My youngest goes to Sister Chavez, which is right there. Um, it was also founded by people who feed people every Sunday. Uh, they, the produce from the community gardens that some of these gardeners are involved with feeds people free organic produce every Sunday and has done so for many years. Um, when I bring my daughter and my niece to the Greenway, it is a beautiful experience. They learn, they are actually learning how to do urban farming uh, right here in the neighborhood. And that's something that doesn't happen with the kind of gatekeeping community gardens that exist. I mean, it's wonderful if you have them, but if you don't have one, you can literally walk into the Greenway and come away with a handful of seeds and the knowledge of how to use them. And I think we can put our heads together and figure out a way to share the space because the kind of illegal activities I've seen have included careful use seconds. of water and organic agriculture. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Will you please fill out a speaker card? Someone took the pen, though, Alec. Can you put it? Oh, oh. There, it there it is. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hello, board. My name is Carlos Rodon, um, a native San Franciscan, born and raised in District 10, still con a constituent. Um, after seeing my city change for so drastic, growing up in the Bayview District, I've actually seen how everything is. And honestly, coming to this board meeting is something new I never really heard of. So honestly, if I look around, um, I feel like, you know, it's a, it's a very big, uh, big change in for me. But um, so just, just saying that alone, um, I actually knew Monkey Brains growing up. Monkey Brains was in my community. Monkey Brains was next to the recycling center that I used to go to, so I would always see a Monkey Brains sign, so I strictly know where it is. On, well, now it's considered Marin Street. Before, it was just the street. So just seeing that they have kind of got to a point where they can actually try to get a building and continue to in invest in San Francisco is something that I am very honored to be part of. And I will continue to be part of if, um, you know, I don't know how, how we expect the city to continue to grow if we see a mass exodus of companies and 
of companies that can and can leave and just leave the city how it, you know, just leave it in shambles. You know, and um, Monkey Brains, I see that they're trying to invest in it. I live here and I want to continue living here. And the only way I can do that is by actually having a job. And if we start losing these kind of uh, blue collar jobs, I don't know where else I can go. You know, like we already seen a mass exodus to Austin, Texas, everywhere. And then if we expect that to happen in San Francisco, like, I don't know where I'm going to be. And um, it, and I'm very honored to be part of Monkey Brains because you know like they're still here, you know, and they still value like 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 who I am, you know, and uh, and I still continue to believe that they want to be part of San Francisco and everything we do, we still do in house, and we and if you look at the building itself, it definitely is a need of some restoration, and uh, and there's so much Thank space, commercial Thank spaces okay. out there, Thank and you. they Thank still you, want to want to be part of it. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Next speaker. Hello, I'm a res. Out. Hello, I'm a resident. I live like block away from it. Uh, monkey brain. I don't know much about them. When they started, they might be good. But where I came from, when you do a good deed, you don't show up and come spelling name that what you did. And I didn't like the way they were attacking Greenway at the first. The owner is like he came here from his high horses, wasting you time, our time, and you should did deal be close. It's not. And about everything else, this is for me is easy. It's big bang taking little bang. Greenway is for non-profit. They're not gonna make anything of just making produce to make the, and that's all I have to say. Okay, thank you. Next speaker, please. Bismillah. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Thank you so much for hearing us. I'll keep mine very brief. Um, uh, I, I hope we can work this out appropriately. As a neighborhood resident, I'm not a part of Monkey Brains, I'm not part of the Greenway folks, but I do appreciate having an open space and a community space. And it's a, uh, it's a vibrant neighborhood and, and, green, and that location has become more and more an important part of that neighborhood. So hopefully everybody can follow the do things within permit. The city folks can make sure procedures are being followed correctly and a good use for this land can be supported. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hello, everyone. My name is Daniel Woodbury. Uh, I've been a resident here about 10 years now, uh, regularly from Boston, Massachusetts, a common blue-collar workplace. So when moving to San Francisco, it was nice to see that transition kind of stay the same for me. Um, one of the things about working classes is the communities that they bring within. Um, that community of working class citizens tend to bring the neighborhoods together uh, even more. Uh, someone had mentioned from the Project Greenway that the new building we have is somewhat larger, and that is in fact true because we are expanding within the community as our size increases with the people who are now working uh, for Monkey Brains for the city. Uh, I want to put out, I'm also somewhat of a gardener myself, and when we actually uh, started doing work uh, back in 2019 for the Harrison uh, condos that were on being built, there was no dispute on that pathway there. In fact, it was deemed as toxic soil, something you wouldn't want to actually be 
producing things on. And so when we were there doing uh, work for my own private company, uh, there was no speak of development there. And now going forward, doing more gardening work there, um, I didn't see any gardening being done, any kind of manicuring to the lawn from uh, Project Greenway besides uh, just heckling and occupying. So I just want to uh, just speak in my opinion um, from my experience. Uh, and that's all I have. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hi. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Tiffany, and I've been working for Monkey Brains for about four years now. Um, and as he mentioned, uh, we're a small company, but we are expanding. Um, I was able to visit the uh, location once for a meeting, and I was grateful with the space and how beautiful it was. And to know that we're going to be uh, approved for a permit for interior um, design, I thought was uh, lovely because they want to make this space a workable for us. Um, and speaking as a woman, um, we appreciate sanitation, and so the extra restrooms will be helpful for us. And um, I, I guess that's all I really have to say. I'm grateful that I have these two guys, um, Alex and Rudy, who uh, have built the company from the ground up, and they're really trying to make it um, a great company and a great business for us as workers. And that's all I've got. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for everyone in the room for being so orderly and following protocol. We are now going to turn to the speakers from Zoom. If you're here for public comment, please raise your hand. So the first person, Edward Hasbrook, please go ahead. You need to unmute yourself. Thank you. My name is Edward Hasbrook. Uh, I've lived between 1,100 and 1,200 treats since 1987. Speaking to the issues raised by the commissioners, both of the permit applications state both as the present and as the proposed so-called legal use of the properties, that these are a warehouse and a warehouse only. It's only reading the pleadings that I discover that the permit applicants concede that they are already using these premises as a concert venue and presumably intend to continue using it. And certainly more restrooms and a kitchen sounds at least as much like facilities for their concert uses as for warehouse uses. But whatever, they have conceded that, these, that the application was inaccurate, it was false, it was deceptive. You have ample basis in that and that alone that you can, indeed you must, reject the permit as fraudulently obtained. Whether concert a concert venue would be a legal use, you know, and the permit applicants in their presentation spoke only of PDR use, not of the concert venues. Whether it would be a legal use, whether it is a legal use, that has not even been assessed. You must reject this permit. You know that it's being used in a manner contrary to the application. Send it back and let them go through the proper procedures if that's the use that they are making and want to make. Um, we've seen... Uh, in this neighborhood, we had people operating an unlicensed concert venue out of their house next door to us, where we had to go and Google the address to, and then email the bands that were playing there to say, do you know that you're playing in a house and not a concert venue? 
You know, as the Board of Appeals, how controversial concert venues are, especially in a residential neighborhood. Had it been disclosed that this was a concert venue and intended to be kept as such, you would have had people lined up around the block to oh, testify in relation okay. to this application. Thank you. We will now hear from Valentina Ramos. Ramos, please go ahead. You need to unmute yourself. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, good evening. Um, I just want to say thank you for being here and listening. Um, and thank you for letting me speak. I just want to say that I affirm the point that um, the document should be relabeled um, only pertaining to the intended uh, permit, which is interior demolition and remodeling. I also just want to make a personal point that um, children benefit from trees and knowledge and community interactions, not from another parking lot that's going to make the city hotter. Uh, thank you for your time. Okay, thank you. We will now hear from Jorge Romero Loza. Please go ahead. You need to unmute yourself. Hi, uh, it's Jorge Romero Lozano. I'm a civil engineer here in San Francisco. And I just want to address a couple of things that were said before. Monkey Brain said they don't need a permit, and it's true they don't need a permit if it was their property, but it's not. Otherwise, any one of us could jump over the fence into our neighbor's property and start pouring concrete. So that is incorrect. Um, the other item is um, Mission, Kids, Mission Kids keeps coming to these meetings and always claiming all the great things they do for the kids, which is great. Um, but obviously, they benefit from this situation. They have reserved parking that they have called reserved parking on the other side of that parcel. They use the parcel as a drop-off point and, and parking for their staff continually. And so that is really, I think, the reason for being here and for supporting monkey brains and whatever they do. If they were that concerned, I would think that they would want this to go through a process and turn it into a real parking 30 lot, seconds. which means they have a safe path of travel for the children as they go to their cars or their parents' cars. But that does not exist. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any further public comment on Zoom? Okay, Linda Lagunas, please go ahead. You need to unmute yourself. Um, I am calling on behalf of Monkey Brains. Um, I am also uh, calling on behalf of Mission Kids. I think both of them are vital businesses and organizations, and um, I don't understand why it's okay to break fences, bash fences, and uh, and uh, throw up um, flower boxes. Um, I, it strikes me as super hypocritical. Um, so that's all I have to say. Okay, thank you. We will now hear from Kelly Menendez. Please go ahead. Hi, yes, I'm calling on behalf of Monkey Brains. I just want to reiterate that this is a permit for um, interior bathrooms and address the comment of concerts. Um, there are quite a few um, noise complaints from the Greenway concerts that happen. In fact, they're planning a party this Saturday. So um, I just find a lot of these comments to be kind of ludicrous and hypocritical and just bringing um, distraction to the actual problem at hand, which is creating bathrooms so that monkey brains can actually move into a building that they bought um, almost six months ago. Okay, thank you. Any further public comment? Please raise your hand. Okay, I don't see any further public comments, so we will move on to rebuttal. We'll hear from the appellant. 
You have six minutes in rebuttal. Ms. Hanna? Thank you. I guess the only thing I want to say is that this appeal, um, my understanding of the appeal process and of the various matters that appeals get discussed is that there's often a middle way. It is not just all or nothing, right? Like, obviously, it's great if Monkey Brains gets to renovate their warehouse. At the same time, I have questions about this permit about the permit application process, and I find the permit application dishonest, and that's why I was here, uh, or that's why we filed the appeal. So, which is something I've also seen in prior cases that I've read of yours, where you see that there is a middle way between, you know, the right to follow a permit, but also the questions surrounding the, um, completeness of a permit application process and the subsequent permits. Um, but I understand how you've come to your, not that you've come to a decision, but I, under, I understand what decision you're going to come to, and I respect that, and thank you for your time. Thank you. We have a few questions from President Swig and Commissioner Trisvina. I want to ask um, a fair question to you. Do you have any questions related to the permit with regard to the demolishing of the interior non-structural partitions? Do you have any questions regarding to creating new pass entry passage and entry hall? Do you have any questions related to demolishing interior non-structural partitions? Do you have any questions with regard to remodeling two existing bathrooms, adding two new restrooms, remodeling existing kitchenette, and creating a new interior entry hall? Do you have any problems with any of that? If those entries and exits happen from the fronts, then I don't have questions this about them. Good. Thank you. Okay. Commissioner Trisvina? Uh, President Swig has addressed my uh, question about the relevance of the outside issues to the bathroom or the ki kitchenette. Um, but you can comment on it again if you if you if you'd like. But I guess that what I really want to know is that's one. And the second is you've described your frustration with this process and other processes, and you suggested that there might be a middle way or middle ground that we've taken in other cases. I'm wondering if there's any middle ground that you can suggest as it relates to kitchenette, bathrooms, or is it totally on the other aspects of monkey Yeah, brain? what I meant with middle ground was that, of course, I wish them to be able to renovate their building. At the same time, I also wish that the planning department was part of this application review process. Um, so those are two things, like yes, a warehouse that someone owns should be able to be renovated, but I also feel like the permit application omits 
um, you intended use and actual current use um, as we speak and as we have been speaking in previous months of this parcel, but I also know that there are the avenues of, for example, planning um, complaints and, you know, planning, the planning enforcement department looks at enforcement complaints and unauthorized parking and that is, yeah, that is also a path forward. Thank you. No further questions. We will now yeah. hear from the permit holders. No, no, I mean, no. Sweet. I'm sorry. I, your name just I missed it. My apologies. Back up there. I just want to make sure you understand something. Do you understand that planning doesn't get involved in anything when there's there's renovation within four interior walls, which doesn't expand the building, which doesn't like add a deck or or something uh, of that character? I, I, I want to make sure you understand that. Sure. Why is my point is that they should have been um, you understand that the permit application was you understand incomplete, was that, insincere. You understand that planning does not get involved. This is, this is, I'm not picking on you. I just want to save us stuff for the future because as the, as the planning department said, they anticipate that we will be in this room again. And I'm sure that you will be justly leading the, the, the activity since you, I've seen you uh, being a leader in this and the last uh, commentary, but I, I want to make sure that you understand. Do you understand that planning doesn't get involved with interior renovations that do not involve the 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 envelope or change the uh, change the 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 absolute use of the building? If we're turning this into McDonald's, eh, maybe we're going to have a conversation. But I'd like also when Mr. Teague ste steps up to. Uh, give an appropriate answer as to you know what when planning gets involved I'll ask him about that like right now but do you understand that planning just doesn't get involved when it's sure it's bathrooms I, I also understand that in you know that. that there's no backtracking in that respect and that was originally my my assumption that that was a possibility and I also I don't like the term leader and it will it will only cause for more harassment oh, uh, towards me as a person. A you can call me a spokesperson for in front of the Board of Appeals. Because okay. yes, I've spoken here before. Yeah, I'm sorry if I insulted you. I, I think that I think the commentary of being a leader is a wonderful thing and I well, and, thank I, you. and I applaud you for being a leader. So thanks. I say that in the most positive and complimentary fashion. Okay? So okay, thanks. That's it. Thank you. We will now hear from the permit holders. Hello, thank you. Um, so I wanted to comment on some of the, uh, I guess the rebuttal, um, or, or sorry, the uh, appellant's comments as well as some public comment, just, just for the record. Uh, one of them was about um, the use of the word loading on this permit somehow meaning something in the future. I wanna again point out to the board and the public that a 2006 registered survey that was recorded by a registered surveyor used the word loading, so that word has been used and whether that is on our plans or not will not change that fact. So I just, I do wanna keep, you know, make that clear. I also wanna make it clear of the uh, comment about insurance. We have 
great insurance. We have umbrella insurance, we have business insurance, we have insurance for people that are on ladders. Uh, we take care of our technicians, our technicians are heroes. They risk their life every day to bring people internet and we are very well insured. So I, I do wanna make that uh, public comment. Uh, I also wanted to uh, address uh, the use of some of the irony here and public comment where I've heard people use terms like, you can't just jump a fence, uh, which is really odd given the current you know, state of this lot and the uh, uh, appellant group's behavior. Uh, I also thought it was strange to single out planning when I'm sure planning would be involved if they decided to turn an area into a farm or a park or a parking lot or anything. So I don't, I, I don't understand some of the, some of the ironic commentary uh, in the public. And lastly, we wanted to address the, uh, the concert venue uh, issue, just, just for public record. Yes, um, there's a comment about us having uh, a concert venue, and indeed we have had some, uh, I think, three uh, concerts there. We uh, got permits from the events commission, we paid for a permit, and um, on one of them, uh, about two weeks ago, um, the inspect there was a complaint and the inspector came out and said what are you doing here and uh buck beto in the back uh said we have a permit for this and she said oh do you and she looked on her phone she's like oh yeah you do i should have checked ahead of time and then she looked around the space she inspected it and said i love what you're doing here i love what you're doing in the mission we're getting local bands together from the community they're playing we were doing like a uh yeah buck can speak to them more because i actually wasn't there so I don't really know what happened at those events. And uh, there is an event I heard on the um, comments um, uh, planned this for the Saturday in on lot 36 being organized by the Greenway, but uh, whatever, right? <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. And good evening. Okay, thank you. We will now hear from the planning department. All right, hello again, President Swig, Commissioners, Corey Teague for planning. Um, I know we've focused on what's been proposed on these permits, the interior, you know, sometimes interior work requires planning review. It just kind of depends. In this situation, it did not. Um, I know the issues being raised today really have to do with the existence of the loading door and the activity of loading onto and from the adjacent lot, lot 36. Um, one thing I want to be clear about is, you know, the permit, the permits that are in front of you today are are not proposing to alter or legally establish the loading doors or that activity. They're they're representing like the physical existing state, and then they're calling out what they're proposing to change. That's really what we're looking at. Um, it is true that people will sometimes do work with no permits, and then when they come in the future to do permits, they show that as existing. Um, and you know the city may not know at that point in time that that's not legally existing. That may come to light at some point. The fact that you showed it as existing on a previous permit, if, that, if you never received proper permits for something, even though you showed it as existing, does not then kind of grandfather you in. Um, so just to be clear on that issue. Having said that, you know, these issues, again, are all gonna be addressed to some degree, I think through the complaints that have been filed um, on these properties and the adjacent property. Um, I think we're very well aware of that issue kind of beyond the scope of what's really being addressed with these permits. Um, and so the planning department is involved. Um, 
because the complaints are calling out multiple issues, including these specific issues that have been raised relevant to this permit now, which is the existence of the garage door, the, or the loading door, and the, and the, um, the loading itself. Um, again, tonight, I don't have anything to provide on those issues relative to any of that work that's happening. That's still very much ongoing. But I just wanted to kind of make that as clear as I could to, to the board, but I'm available for any other questions you may have. Thank you. President Swick? Did I speak correctly when advising the previous speaker, sorry, the, uh, the appellant with regard to um, that unless there's a really significant change of use or uh, that, uh, that a simple thing like a, a toilet, um, all the other stuff that I've listed redundantly really don't require your uh, participation? Yeah, I mean, it, it can kind of depend because we do have some provisions in the code that even something minor interior could trigger review. But I would say generally in non-residential spaces like this where you're doing just kind of standard TI work, you're working with bathrooms, even if you're put in like a little break kitchen, um, you're moving some interior walls, that minimal level scope of work in a non-residential space is rarely, if ever, going to trigger planning department review. Okay, also for the benefit of the... Uh, the appellant, uh, she made some accusations, assertions, whatever, a statement. Mm -hmm. I won't characterize them. Uh, about, well, we got to look back at the permit process because there was misrepresentation. If I'm paraphrasing incorrectly, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get your question answered. Um, that there was the reason that, that the problem exists here is that the initial filing of the permit mischaracterized or was improper. There were some leave outs. There were some problems, mm -hmm. bottom line. Is there, anything, is there anything there? And can you shed light on when that might uh, impact a simple permit like this with partitions, toilets, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, on just the general premise of if you mischaracterize or show incorrect information on your plans, is that grounds either to you know, require those plans to be changed if it's on the front end during review, or if it's after issuance, someone complains, or for somehow, some way, the city, either through planning or DBI, determines that the, um, the plan application or the plans were not accurate, that can be grounds for suspension, revocation, the need to file a new correction permit, et cetera. So that, that was kind of the point I was saying, Ed, that if you misrepresent or provide inaccurate plans for one permit and that gets issued and grant, uh, moves forward, that doesn't necessarily legally grandfather in you know, that inaccurate uh, state for future permitting. Okay, and final question. Either in a perfunctory review or a deep deep dive review that you may or may not have made on this uh, this permit application, um, did you see anything that would give you cause for suspicion that there were uh, misrepresentations, leave outs, inaccuracies, or otherwise? Not necessarily related to the the toilets, passageways, et cetera, right. but uh, just substantively. Yeah, I, I think that if you look first at the issues that are raised about the adjacent lot, lot 36, and the relationship between these lots and some of the other lots to the activity on that, on that lot, there's a lot to be unpacked there, right? The, that's understood, acknowledged, that's being worked on separately. This permit 
and what was proposed. And again, we didn't review it on the front end because it didn't come to us, but looking at it on the back end, I didn't see any issues with the permit. And, and I promise that will be the last one, but you brought it up. Um, you acknowledge that there are some issues related to the adjacent lot, et cetera, et cetera. And, you, uh, and are you assuring the public at this point that there is, it has your attention, you're reviewing it, and deep consideration is giving to, uh, towards the cure of those other activities non-related to this permit? Yeah, I mean, those complaints have been filed. We're going to go through that investigation like we would any other com complaint and see where that leads. Okay, I hope that gives some peace to some folks. Okay, uh, anybody else? Mr. Appler. Um, yes, uh, I have a couple of follow-up, uh, very similar kind of public service announcement questions to, to ask you. Sure. Um, the planning department would be involved if there were a change of use, whether it's on the subject property to this appeal or on uh, parcel 36 itself. Is that is that correct? That's correct. Um, and there was some discussion about uses on the subject property, which is owned uh, UMU. Can you talk about what the change of use uh, process is like that planning undergoes? Uh, when is public notice given? When it's not? You know, depending on how things are per permittable in a uh, urban mixed sure. use zoning. Sure. Uh, we generally, um, anytime there's a change of use, even if it's a permitted use, that's going to require a permit because you need to document that use is being illegally established. And sometimes those changes of use, even if they're permitted, may trigger other code requirements. And so there is a permitting process for the change of use. Um, from a notification perspective, I mean, I can get into more detail, but for this property, if it's a permitted use that you're changing to on the interior, generally speaking, it's not going to trigger neighborhood notification. But, but that's because it's been deemed permitted already. So there's... Yeah. Well, it's actually the By code. the neighborhood notification requirements have changed some through legislation and uh, in the last several years it, in eastern neighborhoods where this with it is, uh, which is the, what the UMU zoning district is a part of. The requirements used to be that if you are changing out a category, so if this was an already like either an industrial or non-residential use, and you were going out of that category, say, to a retail use or a residential use or something that was um, beyond that scope, then you triggered notification. Um, now that has um, been reduced somewhat, and I think there's additional legislation that's passed the Planning Commission that would reduce that a little bit more, so kind of depending. But that's why I was saying, generally speaking, if it's a change of use in this building that um, is a permitted use, that's probably not going to require neighborhood notification. But but if you were watching this property, say, it would probably come up on your radar on the property information map or on the permit system. Sure, yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. No further questions. Yeah, thank you. We'll now hear from DBI. Swig, um, just to actually kind of address your question a little earlier, if an inspector did go in and see that, the things were misrepresented on the plans, we would give an NOV and we would refer it back to planning to take a look at it. So if we did, if the inspector did go out and see some something that said, okay, it's not being displayed on the approved set of plans properly, we do address it immediately. So, but uh, otherwise, you know, this is work within the envelope of the building, pretty simple stuff. ADA bathrooms, which should be good for both the employees and people that come in, and we think it's been properly reviewed and issued properly, and we wish you to uphold the permit. 
Thank you. President Swig has a question. I heard very little commentary either from the appellant or the permit holder on uh, passageways, uh, toilets, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I'll ask you, uh, do you see any issues related to this, what seems to be a very simple uh, interior renovation program? No, it's a pretty cut and dry permit. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. Commissioners, this matter is submitted. Um, commissioners, um, I'm going to take the lead on this. I heard no, uh, I heard very little commentary either from the appellant. Did I just say this? Um, appellant or the, the permit holder on uh, anything related to toilets, passageways, uh, anything else that's in the, in the permit, uh, given that uh, most of the stuff where it was extraneous related to other issues uh, to the exterior of the property, uh, I, I would like to deny the appeal on the, on the basis that it was properly issued. I don't make motions very often, but I think this is just, let's go. We do have okay. two permits, so if you're going to make the same decision, yes. you uh, can make it on in both one motion. On both permits. Yes. I, I didn't hear comments, and I see no problems, and therefore a motion that these permits were issued uh, appropriately. And, uh, but uh, Commissioner Lemberg and Commissioner Trezvigne, uh, feel free to comment as you wish. I most certainly will. Um, I, this is, uh, as, as you all know, this is the, uh, the issue I chose to uh, take a stand on and write a letter on behalf of the board on. Um, I want to start out by saying that I will support President Swig's motion to deny these appeals. Um, however, uh, there's some messages I want to express anyway because I think some important things have come up here tonight. Um, number one, for the appellants, um, uh, you actually surprised me quite a bit tonight uh, with the overall legal strength of your argument. I don't think, uh, obviously, as I just stated, I'm not compelled sufficiently by your argument to grant the appeals. I'm just going to say that straight up. However, um, as a practicing attorney and a practicing litigator, the baseline standard is making a good faith argument. And I did, I did feel like you did that. I, I don't agree with it. I don't think it is compelling enough to grant the appeals. However, I do think you made a good faith argument and that is what, uh, what the baseline standard is. And for that reason, I disagree with the uh, characterization that you are abusing the appeals process. And I do believe that you've brought uh, several new issues to light uh, regarding this hotly contested public issue. Um, I, I, I want to commend you, I believe, tonight, I, you know, without uh, commenting on things that are happening outside of this hearing room, tonight you were respectful and responsive to questions and generally stayed within the bounds of what we asked of you, and I, and I commend you for that. Um, At the last hearing we had on partial 36, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking for my own quote, uh, that the city needs courageous leadership to take charge on issues like this. I don't believe that's changed a whole lot. Um, and I have seen, and I believe everybody in this room has seen a continued escalation of hostility between the Friends of the Mission Greenway and the permit holders and their allies. Um, and, you know, I. I take significant issue with what was presented here tonight by the permit holders. I believe, you know, while this 
does not go into the legal reasoning, which was very sparsely provided. Um, I believe your rhetoric was pretty appalling. Uh, I'm going to call it out. It was appalling. Uh, and this is not a commentary on Monkey Brains as a company. I appreciate the several employees of Monkey Brains who came out tonight and who, uh, who spoke on behalf of their company and spoke to the good work that Monkey Brains is doing in the community. And I acknowledge that and I appreciate that. Uh, and I, you know, I have nothing bad to say about um, providing free internet to uh, subsidize housing projects, certainly. Um, what I do take issue with is, uh, First and foremost, the list of criminal of alleged criminal acts. Uh, I, uh, some people in this room may know I, I, I handle defamation cases, and that's a case I would take. Um, it's pretty offensive, and uh, listing a laundry list of penal code sections that the uh, appellants have allegedly breached with no proof, no evidence, is appalling. Um, I, uh, there's no other word for it, and I'm just going to call it like I see it. Um, I also see the permit holders painting themselves as a victim and a victim only in this situation uh, repeatedly from Mr. Rucker and Mr. Menendez's testimony here tonight uh, and last time as well. Uh, but what I'm also seeing is uh, instead of... Uh, going through the proper permitting processes to uh, try to do that, I, what I see instead is excavation work occurring without a permit and without a permit application, uh, and you just blanketly saying that it's okay to do uh, when it clearly is not, um, with the explicit understanding, presumably, that the Board of Appeals would overturn any permit application that you submitted. Um, and that is frankly, just bad faith as far as I'm concerned. Um, the, uh, and of course, the, the giant lock, which has been reported on in the media significantly, is also a, another type of escalation. Uh, you know, no matter how you want to put it, this is escalating with the community. And whether or not you agree with the Friends of the Mission Greenway's actions, or behavior, they clearly represent a viewpoint that is representative of dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of mission community members, and discounting all of them as wrongdoers or people who are, are, are criminals, even, is just wrong. It's just wrong, and if you want the respect of the community that you're working in, you need to show them respect, and I'm not seeing it, and I'm gonna call it out like I see it. Um, and um, I do not believe that the Friends of the Mission Greenway are abusing the lever of government, as, uh, as you stated. That was a quote from you as well. Uh, this is the lever of government. We're here right now. Um, we are one body of the go one government body among many, many. Um, I did not, we, I frankly did not receive a response from almost any, except for Supervisor Ronan's office, any of the city departments uh, that we wrote the letter to. And that also is pretty <laughs> lame, I'm just going to say. Um, and, uh, 
if you, this, this parcel is going to continue to be contested. You've seen it in the way that the, the friends have posted, uh, or have filed several complaints with DBI and planning. Uh, I presume they will continue to do so, uh, as it seems like that has been the course in so far. Um, I'm not speaking as to the sufficiency of those complaints or the legitimacy of those complaints. It's not my place to do so. Uh, I haven't reviewed them. They're not before us tonight. Um, however, that is the lever of government. That's how government works. Um, and I believe my, uh, my colleagues in planning and DBI and any other city department that were here would agree with that, that we all have complaint processes for exactly this reason. Um, Again, I, I commend Monkey Brains for doing good work in the community, and I hope you continue doing that, but this isn't that. <laughs> and I, I hope you see that, and I hope you hear me a little bit, because there's, this is, I know, we're gonna come back and see this over and over again. We're gonna keep hearing cases about this uh, parcel, and I wish there was more being done to resolve this rather than continued escalation on both sides, as I've previously said and wrote in a letter uh, to several city departments. Um, tone down the rhetoric. It's not working for you. Um, and the, the legal argument before you tonight was an easy one. As President Swig stated, we, you know, there wasn't much of a way we could grant this, this appeal tonight. Um, and to the Mission Greenway folks, I you know, respectfully say choose your battles a little better with this because this was not the right place to file an appeal. Um, this was for interior permits and you know that and, I, and you even acknowledged it, Ms. Hanna, in, in, uh, in your rebuttal. I will support President Swig's motion to deny both appeals on the, grant, uh, on the basis that they were properly issued. They were properly issued, let's be real. Um, but if we're gonna continue seeing this, I, I expect to see some improvements here because this isn't working. Uh, and I hope you all see that this isn't working. Thank you. President Swig, I wanna thank you for guiding us through this very difficult uh, item as well as other items tonight. Uh, you laid out some guide, guideposts for the members of the public and people who, are, who, who, are, who, call, who called in with testimony, which they by and large disregarded, but that's fine. Uh, there's a reason why we have five commissioners on this body. We have five different perspectives so I would, I, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable uh, lecturing members of the public, telling them when they're wrong or telling them they've gone out of bounds. I may have done it over the period of time I've been here over a year, but I, I, try, I try not to do so. I think, I, I would say almost everybody other than those of us on this side of the dais should not be in this room. This is not a matter that should have come before us, but I feel the pain uh, of, of both litigants in this, and, the, and, and I feel the pain particularly of, 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 of a company that has moved in, contributed to the city. If we want companies to stay here, then city needs to step up and be responsible to community complaints. 
we try to, we try to avoid this uh, after the last meeting. We wrote to the various responsible officials in the district and, 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 and throughout the city. I think, I think people here are, are desperate for action. They're calling out for the city to step forward and resolve the various complaints, whether it's through mediation or whether it is for listening to them or, 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 or working this out. We have a responsibility to the members of the community, whether they're organizations and artists and gardeners, as well as to companies. We as a city, this board can only do so much. And what we've attempted to do is try to restrict the, our consideration to the issues at hand, to the design guidelines and the, and the planning code and all, all the various uh, legal issues that, that, that come for, before us. But we're kind of like Mikey in the old live cereal commercial. Give it to Mikey, he'll eat anything. We've come, you've come, all come before us. You've, you've been provided a forum to be able to express your views. They go beyond the, 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 the parameters of the particular permit, but we need others to step forward. And yes, it's difficult. Any negotiations are difficult. International negotiations are difficult. Business negotiations are difficult. Labor management negotiations are difficult. But that doesn't mean that they can't be accomplished. And I once again reiterate what, what we express and what Commissioner Lemberg expressed in, in their letter on behalf of all of us, that we need the various agencies, officials of the city to be able to work with the various sides on, the, on this issue as well as other issues to come to a resolution so that they are not played out on, on, on particular individual permits. And, 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 and I, again, it is a government responsibility. I feel the pain of everybody in, the, in, in this room, the excesses that we kind of predicted would happen if there was not follow-up action. And we're now at this stage a few weeks later. We want to, we want to make sure that uh, our decisions are in the realm that we have, and I would, I would support President Swig's uh, disposition of, of, of this emotion and disposition of, of this appeal. Uh, but we, we, need, we need collaboratively that kind of uh, listening and, 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 and solutions uh, so that we don't have further frustration and further uh, members of the public coming back here on either side uh, expressing their frustration. Thank you. Okay, so we have a motion on the table from President Swig to deny the appeals and uphold the permits on the basis that the, they were properly issued. On that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trezvina? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. So that motion carries five to zero and the appeals are denied. And that concludes the hearing. Thank you to the public. Thank you to the commissioners. And uh, thank you for keeping this uh, as collaborative as possible. Uh, see you next week or the week after. Bye.